Welcome to episode 317 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 317 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. Hey, yeah. I'm pretty good. Yeah, Better than you. Well, <laughs> what was it look for? I was just good looking at me, you know, a bit of eye contact. Hey, hey, how you doing this how you morning? Doing? How 6.05 in the morning. No, and I've got the flu. If you can hear, I've got the flu. I've got, well, I've got the smallest tissue next to me and I think I probably need 10 times more. Yeah. But I've got to truck on through, John. That's what we do around Because I'm here me. for the people. That's right. Yeah. I am talking proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com Jeez, I could do with some of that right now. <laughs> Athlinks.com Could do with some of that as well. You don't want to be claiming your results today. No, it would be a bad day. And Extreme Endurance. And another great reason. To, I just need everything right now. Have yeah. you ever raced on the flu and had a great day? Uh, well, no, not that I can remember, but I know a lot of people do. I think if you race early on before it really kicks in, you're sweet. So if you get a little sniffle a couple of days before a race... No well, well, then there's the opposite of that because when I did um, the Abel Tasman last year, mm. and I, had, I, I pretty much had the best day I could have based on my ability. I was sick the week before, so I didn't do any training for about ten days out. Nice taper, great taper. But like, seriously, go. didn't do anything. I think I did a half an hour run before the race. So there you go, team. Anyway, in this week's show, what we got happening? We've got. Let me have a look. I've got some news. We've got the hot topic of the week. We've got an age group of the week, John. I've actually added a couple honorary age groupers. Okay, fair enough. Because I think they've been age groupers before, but they've done some amazing things in this last period of time. Then we've got an interview with Gordo, and it's just Gordo and me. Yes. So I was going, we were going to be doing it. It's been delayed by a couple of hours, and I've got to shoot off. So Bevan, the big boy, has got to <sighs> take it up. up. Mate, I'm Step it up. it up. A little bit nervous. You could have told me last night. You I know? didn't find out till this morning. I'm just, I wouldn't have slept all night, actually, so luckily <laughs> you did. Anyway, this weekend, uh, we've got some news. It was proudly brought to you by SLS Try. And uh, this weekend, we had Ironman France. And, you know, obviously, Lance No, Lance there. Armstrong took it out. New bike course record. Oh, that's right, bike course And he ran a 2.41. 2.41? Yeah. Wow, I thought, I thought it was 2.31. So look out, Kona. Get, get on that auction he's got going. And, uh, yep, you'll be in. See in Kona. 41,000. But the man that actually did set the bike course record and completely smashed everybody yeah, to pieces was Frederick, Frederick Van Laird. Uh, he, I think he led out of the summit. Looks like he's got the fastest time there. He did 47.22. Then he rode 4.35. And then he ran a 2.53 for an 8.21.51. And if I compare that to his race last year, thanks to good old Torsten at Tri Rating, uh, he did 8.41 last year he still won the race last year but significantly faster and the year before he did 8.46 uh, so that's a big jump in time you assume they haven't ch- gone and changed the course especially no, when it's course record and, and I was saying the guys who had it last year got the record so oh, yep, it must be the same course yeah so he just um, just crushed everybody and that's significant too isn't it Paul Amy only joined, up, joined on Monday I know, but that's, that's Paul Amy to a T. Oh, really? That's, that's, the, that's the way Paul rolls. It's a hey, there's a race on this weekend. I might go turn up. Yeah, so um, it'll be interesting to see if Paul um, gets over to, to Kona because he had a very good race in Texas, I think, from memory, and I think he finished second, I think, earlier this year. Um, he must be 
he, he's in the same. Uh, he's around. You've got a pretty good age. memory of this stuff, I have to say. Because well, we, we do the show every week, week and then you say, "Oh, you know, six months ago, so and so." And I think, "How the crap do you remember that?" Well, I know Paul Abbey pretty well. He's on my team in France, so I kind of remember his results. But he is in the same era as Crowey and Macca, if not a little bit before them. So he's around about the same age, around about yep. probably around about forty. Um, on his day, he's on fire. He's been a former world duathlon champion and just a machine. So he'll probably have enough points for Kona, so it'll be interesting to see if he rocks up. Would he want to? Uh, yeah, I think he would. He's never done anything oh, in Kona. We've got one major story in here. No, I need to put, you can start keep talking. Okay. About so second place story. was Paul Amy. Um, he was 21 minutes behind. Uh, and then in third place was Francois Chabot in 8.45. And yeah, some some good racing. I think run at run of the day they went to Sergio Marx. Um, he came home in a two forty five marathon. So Frederick Van Leerd, look out for him in Kona this year. He hasn't had a good Kona yet. yet. He has a finish of fourteenth last year. Um, we, we thanks to our interview with him, we got him from thirty fourth the year before up to fourteenth. But I think you know we can we can step him up a bit further this year. Who are you talking about? Frederick Van Leerd. Yep. Nice. So I think we can uh, we can see see him getting into top. And on the girl side of things, girl side of things, Tina Dickers uh, took it out nine sixteen. It was a bit of a two horse battle between her and Gina Crawford, but she pulled out a a three oh two marathon um, to take it in nine sixteen. Gina Crawford was second in nine twenty six. It's actually not a bad race for her. She was um, swam fifty two, so she was way out in front of all the other girls. Um, lost a bit of time on the bike five twenty, but ran a three oh seven. So I think that's a it's a fairly decent step back in the right direction for, for Gina. Um, she's, Tina, normally, she's a little bit faster than that, isn't she? Fa- yeah. I mean, she's been sub nine. This isn't really a sub nine sort of course. Um, but a 302 run by Tina Dickers was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and then third place, she had Kirsten Moller, who ran a three hours and 29 seconds. Um, but she was another 11 minutes back from Gina. So, uh, yeah. Pretty, nice. but you know, sort of 10 minute gaps there, but still some pretty good performances. Okay, we also had an Ironman Coeur d'Alene happen, and uh, well, I think we probably didn't pick with the winner last week. Well, no, our predictions last week were, we said, uh, you know, you Chris, Chris Leado and Tim O'Donnell, and if they falter at all, Victor Semensev will be there to pick up the pieces, and they both faltered a bit. Some, so what happened? So you had, I don't remember who came out of the swim first, but Tim, Tim O'Donnell was right up there in 40, 49 minutes. Then Chris Leato did push to the front on the bike, and he had a, a reasonable gap. But then he um, apparently pu- he pulled up at some stage on the bike, and then DNF'd at some stage. I don't know exactly when he DNF'd. And then Tim O'Donnell got um, reeled in by Victor Zemensev, and also Guy Crawford was right up there oh, in the nice. mix off the bike. Oh, you good thing. Uh, so it was relative, and then he pulled away. And I think at the start of the run, he had around about a six-minute gap. This is Victor Zemensev over Tim O'Donnell, and it basically stayed six minutes for the majority of the marathon and then it just blew out at the end because I was watching the updates and it was sort of six minutes and then plus or minus 20 seconds and you're kind of wondering Tim O'Donnell's a pretty good runner but so is Victor Smensev um, but then Tim O'Donnell must have the, the bungee cord must have snapped in the last third of the run or he just accepted he wasn't going to catch but when I did see him cross the finish line he didn't look in a great way Oh really? <laughs> um, Victor Smensev had a good strong day so he swam 51 rode 447 and ran 249 um, to win by around about nine minutes over Tim O'Donnell who ran a 2.52 then you had Matthew Russell come through for third place in 8.52 so another 11 minutes back and then Kevin Tadono came home next in 8.55 um, 
Rhodesy just managed to not get checked oh, there. No, I saw that. Meredith Kessler <laughs> just a little behind him, a minute behind him. So Rhodesy was ninth and 9.20 and then Meredith, Meredith Kessler took out the girls' race. And when we talked about the race last week, we you know we were thinking it was going to be a real ding-dong battle between Meredith Kessler and um, the Wirtle Nater, um, yeah. Heather Wirtle. And it was certainly turning out that way. Heather Wirtle was, uh, they were riding together and just uh, apparently Heather Wirtle was just putting the smack down on the bike. But then she had um, some sort of major mechanical and oh, um, managed to get going again, but I'm not quite sure. And it didn't look like she actually lost. She came ninth. Oh, no, she DNF'd. She DNF'd. It does, her bike split indicates that she didn't end up losing a crazy amount of time on the bike, but I'm not quite sure what happened there. She definitely had a mechanical, and she was definitely in the lead, and then went on to DNF. Um, mechanical is going to be worse for the pro, doesn't it? Well, these days... Is it really? Because it's well, a pain in the a pain in the butt. Mecca but, and, and Kona. Yeah, but but for this one, you know, she could just turn around two weeks. Ago, well, bugger this! I'm not. It's not going to happen today. I can go and do Lake Placid in two weeks' time. Oh, because um, you can so, do a race around. Yeah, if it was a Kona, different story. Yep. Um, but still, you'd rather just get the. So second done place today. chick. Second place girl was Haley Cooper Scott, and it was a crushing victory because she was forty minutes behind. Well, what was really great was she was only 15, 20 seconds ahead of the third place. Nice, and then uh, Whitney Garcia, Whitney Garcia in third place in ten oh one. Wow, Ooh, she was getting run down as well. Whitney Garcia was uh, ran a three twenty versus Haley. Cooper Scott's 324. So for those girls, I'm pretty sure it was a $75,000 payday. Girls I've never heard of picking up um, some pretty pretty decent money. And let's have, just have a look here at Whitney Garcia, shall we, Bevan? Okay, John, you put up Whitney. Whitney Garcia. Is she on the list? Because you've never heard of her. I have not heard of her, but we're going to find out. She was in third place. And um, what did you get up to at the weekend, Bevan? Well, you know what, John, I've got the flu. Oh, what, she all blacks? Sorry, yes. all your Irish supporters out there, but we dominated oh. your dojo. Well, we we dominated our dojo. We did. Whitney Garcia finished 13th in Arizona last year, 3rd in Wisconsin, 4th in Louisville, 11th in Cosmo. So, yeah, she's got a little bit of pedigree there. Best time, 10.02. No, best time, 9.40. So... Good athlete. Good athlete. Not a, not, a, not a top 10 sort of kind of athlete. No. At this stage. At this stage, She Sean, might be on the up. We would have said that about Chrissy a few years ago. Yes. She's doing all right? Well, right. we'll see how she goes at Kona. Yes. Five years later, she's done all right. Yeah. Okay, John, so we've got a new Forestman or Forestman happening as well, but John, there's an email I need to read you beforehand. Okay. From Jared Woolbridge. He's gone, further to my last email, which, he, which, he, which was a nice one. Obviously, he sent us a nice email. And then he's got, I've got a bone to pick with you. And last week's show, you commented on the fact that Forestman's website has photos of speedy-looking swimmers and cyclists, but someone walking the run course. Remember that? Yes, I do remember that. a bit of a hard time because, yeah. you know, like it is, you meant to swim, bike, run. No walking allowed, rather. It's not, doesn't right. count. It's just, you're weak. Yeah. <laughs> so, where am I? That walker is me. Nice. To put it mildly, I was, he was effed at that point yeah. and felt like crying. However, my mum says I'm brave and that I shouldn't listen to the bullies. So there, I can't hear your mean words. Yours dejected. Jared Walbridge. Pick it up, Jared. Yeah, he's doing the outlaw next week and he's probably going to try run as much as he can. There you go. That, is, that was pretty golden when I got that email. He's, he's not looking happy in the walk now. That I, It's a different perspective now. Yes. He looks like he's got the cow in the background. The cow's going to be the finish line. <laughs> um, but at the results for this year, the Forest Man, we had Lee Rankin take it out in 10.37 from... Richard Brown in 11.07 and Neil Holsby in 11.11 11. 
And the first female was Victoria Wright in 1201 from... Oh, I'm going to scroll down the page a bit. I think it's, I think it's uh, uh, Alexander Storm. Scroll, scroll. Where, where are you girls racing? Yes, I think you're right. She's... Yes. And then would say Ruth Tom? Yes, I'd, I'd roll with that as well. Yes. Ruth Tom in third place in 1323. Nice. So nice work, Forest Man. You are a forest man. You're lost in the forest. That's why you have to walk sometimes. Yes. You know, he wasn't he wasn't hurt and he was just a little bit lost. Yeah. And we also had Celtic Man. The Celt oh, Man. Celt Man, sorry. Celt man <laughs> either. And this is the, basically the Scottish version of um, Norse Man. And it sounded like a pretty epic day. And... The results. Where did I put the results? We're pretty sharp we this morning, aren't we, mate? Here we go. Here we go. Alex Glasgow took it out, and he good name for it. <laughs> yeah, it's just true. Yeah. Um, he did fifty forty three for the swim. Apparently, they, they had to shorten the swim slightly. Um, they it's were supposed a to k bike. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, a t- it's a tough bike, I think. Uh, it's a tough two hundred k. But anyway, uh, apparently they had to shorten the swim slightly. They were supposed to swim around some island, and they they cut that out. Having said that, if somebody hadn't emailed that through to me, the times look sort of Iron Man-ish, maybe just a little bit quick. But anyway, the swim was apparently a little bit short because the water was pretty frigid. Oh, really? Um, so he swam 50 minutes. Like that once. Yeah. <laughs> and he biked 6.28, and then he ran 4.45. Second was Sean McFarlane, and he was was pretty close to racing. He was only three minutes back. Oh, wow. And you know on those sort of run courses when they're probably, I'd imagine it had an uphill finish, three minutes, that person is going to look pretty close to you up yeah, front. Yeah, you, you see them. And, uh, and then the third place... Olvin Evenson in 12.37. On the girls' side of things, we had Suzanne. Where is she? I know her name was Suzanne. Come on, page, scroll. Come on, John. Suzanne Bruckenil, and she is from Rote. And she did 13.55.33. Took six hours and five minutes for the run course. And her name rings a bell and I'm picking she may have won some Norsemen previously as well um, some of the Norsemen races second female John, can't, can't even John, see it yep let's abort abort because okay. this, this is appalling second female I think abort Rosemary okay, Bide okay coming up this weekend we've got Ironman Austria and it's a 2000 point race $75,000 kind of a big race really and traditionally a very very fast race so Looking at the pro field, there are some good races happening here. We've got some... Uh, who we got there, John? Um, well, we haven't... There's probably more notable who we haven't got. We've got Marino Van... Haven't got Marino Van oh, Hornacker. because he got the world record, didn't he? Uh, he did at one stage, you're yeah. correct. Um, but I think he's racing Ironman Germany, maybe? Um, oh, okay. I think. He's a big name so, now. So he has... Um, He's won this race. He's almost Cameron Brown like. I don't know how many times won it. It was like six or seven or maybe a lot. Yeah, a lot. Uh, and, and always just totally crushes it. So I think probably for me the interest Ferris or Sultan. I didn't see that name earlier. Well done, Bevan. Yeah. Um, so that throws. I mean, he, he'd have to go in his race favourite. But I think well, it's going to be interesting to see how Tom Lowe goes when on, on Ironman debut when he did Arizona a few years ago. Um, had a sensational day and I think set the fastest ever time for a British male. So I'll be interested to see how he backs up and he's going to have the the support team the support team in the corner who's who's uh, he had an OK Kona, didn't he? I think he did yeah, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing sensational. He's OK with it when we were talking to him about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the other interesting one there will be see how Philip Graves going and it's whether he pulls out the nice uh, whites. Would you say he was in a white singlet? White singlet with speedos, John. Yeah. He's committed. 
So I'm, I'm saying uh, I think Ferris is, is, clearly has to be the favourite, um, and then I think Tom Lowe will be second second favourite. Well, then you've got Gerald Woolbridge sending us a nice email through, just saying... Oh, what about the girls, Bevan? Oh. God, you sexist pig. I know. I can't deny it. Um, on the girls' side of things, you, you really, it's, a, it's a relatively small field. I think you've only got 10 or 11 in there, and I would have to say that I think Lindsay Corbin is likely to dominate this race. The oh, other yeah, Cos- Cosmo? Yeah, and no, I think she's 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 Past done it. a dash. She, when she's on fire, she is amazing. It's been I mean, a while the, since she's been on fire. It's been two thousand. That that and wrote. I think I cracked her. You, you know, and she she, she beat me, but I think bro- yeah, the, you the, cracked her by her beating you. The, the that, effort, that's definitely how it works. She looked me in the eyes, and I think the effort it took. To I think she me, fell in love, John, and you said I'm a married man. I think that was that. Yeah, I think so that's what Um so yeah, on her day, she's she's insanely fast. Um, okay, well, Jared, I'm going well, Lindsay Corbin. Jared Woolbridge through said It's a can it's a Canton Ironman Austria. Got to get the sponsor in there for them. Oh, that's pretty good. You didn't do it with other races. Well, that uh, that's why I'm I'm surprised. Ironman Court Lane. You see the finish? They don't have a title sponsor for Ironman Court Lane. Oh, really? Very surprising. Okay, well, Jared Woolbridge can I finally get into the seat? Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Phil Graves. He's going, there's a few little things. Uh, the Outlaw is happening, and it's the third year. It seems to be keeping better, which is good. Phil Graves is racing Ironman Austria. Now, they're making a, a documentary for the Outlaw, which is great, and it's going to be on Channel 4. Nice. In the UK, we don't get there in New Zealand, but Channel 4 is a more alternative station, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I wouldn't, it's not not crazy alternative, but it's like prime and maybe primish in New Zealand, I suppose. Okay, they've changed the bike course a bit in the Outlaw, which is good. Should make it faster. Uh, I know the men's winner from 2010, Paul Hawks, and none of the other previous winners, male or females, are down to race. So you kind of say, you know, good chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are over a thousand entries, nice. which is great for a smaller race. You know, like it's, it's, a, it's Ironman kind of numbers nearly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you've got lastly, High Five Nutrition's are sponsoring it again. Great stuff. Nice. So yeah, coming up this weekend. Um, oh, and Jared also said uh, that the 2013. ITU World Champs are going to be in London, so they've got the Olympics, and then they're going to have uh, the World Short Course Champs in London. So, how does that work? You mean how, I don't know? You just pick a city that. Uh, yeah, you kind of think the Olympics are the year before. Spread the love, Christchurch. I think would be great to do in the city right now. Well, no, they did the same thing in Beijing. So I wonder if it's kind of a bit just of a legacy thing that you know you see it on the Olympics, and you can go and have a piece of the action as well as an age grouper, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, don't know if they'd use the same course, but. Um, Anyway, yeah. it's in London. Epic Dartmouth is happening as well. Yes, Epic Dartmouth is coming up this weekend, and in it's Canada. in Nova Scotia and Canada. Subaru, or Subaru, whichever way you want to go, Epic Dartmouth. It is Subaru. That's whatever you want to call no, it. No, no, John, you're wrong. <laughs> because we in New Zealand, we call it Subaru, don't we? A lot of people do, yeah. Yeah, and then about three or four years ago, they said, no, we're actually marketing ourselves as Subaru now. Okay, yeah, fair enough. But anyway, it's in, in, in Nova Scotia and Canada, and it looks, um, that part of... Canada, I've never been there, but it, there's lots of water and lakes around there, so I'm picking it must be a pretty awesome course. Um, checked it out, and uh, not, a, not a massive feel, but I've got, you know, the aqua bike option, the team option, the individual John, option, the half option. You're really trying to push on this morning, well, aren't you? Well, these, these results, are, we're just a bit flat, I think. Oh, I think we need to lift our game. I uh, think I'm, I'm pretty sure most listeners are going to go, you know what, you're right, Bev. We're on fire today. Sharpen up, sharpen up. So people, we were, people, Back to Ironman Austria. Um, <laughs> It is a seventy-five thousand dollars race and two thousand points. And I said that earlier. Yeah, good. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to just prolong this even more? No, we've got some other news. So, well, John, you missed the biggest piece of news for the week. What would that be? Really, this is the biggest piece of news. We've got so many emails about this. Andrew uh, Stuskowski. Oh, I've got that later down. That's that's news. Okay, well, I had that in, in questions and answers. That's our lead story. People wouldn't be so bored if we'd started with this. Okay. Tell the story, John. So. 
Andrew, you can pronounce the second. I think it's uh, Starkowski. Okay, you will roll with that. So back in March. Wait a second, John. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Here we go. Now you've got a Mac. Did I do it? Starakovich. Starakovich. Yeah, I wouldn't have said that. You wouldn't have said yeah, that. Um, back in March when Abu Dhabi was on, Abu Dhabi Triathlon, he was leading off the bike. He's a sponsor He's there. The Abu Dhabi Tourism Authority. Nice, there nice. It's on fire. It's like when you do those post-race surveys. Who was our swim course sponsor? You've got to try to remember who it was. Oh. Um, and as your race director, you just kind of tell everyone that. Yeah, so. Exactly. Um <laughs> So he was back there racing in March and he was leading the race actually and that was, you know, it's a star style field. This guy isn't a mug of an athlete or anything like that. Uh, and then he had a crash on the bike leg and he rode into uh, an official. Carly woman, Williams from Great Britain. Yeah, mm. and uh, carnage, you know. Um, and I think he tried to, he got back on his bike and finished off the bike leg and, and didn't, um, I'm pretty sure he DNF'd. Uh, and then, okay, that was that, you know. Look, look good, crashing somebody. Okay, we'll see him back racing later in the year. We'll see him dominating. And apparently no, there was no posting going on on his blog, and he seems like a fairly prolific blogger. And then uh, as it was revealed this week, and it may have been revealed earlier than this, but the reason he wasn't blogging is because he was put in jail when he was in Abu Dhabi for basically a hit and run and not um, stopping. It's crazy. It is, it is a crazy story. Um, and you know, we'll have a link on our website. You can go and read what he posts. But it, he basically had to get he had to get a loan. Yeah, to get bailed out. To bailed out. So he basically had to go and pay on the authorities. It's just him. Yeah. And uh, he had to get a loan to do it. Substantial amount of money. Finally, a deal was made that if I posted a substantial amount of money for blood money bond, I could get my passport and leave the country. I took out a loan, had the money wired over to Abu Dhabi, and I was on the next plane home. And this was so, so he was John. in jail for for months. Yeah, it's crazy to think that. So Rowan in prison, John. He just wasn't put in there. They actually threw him. Literally, he says here, Rowan. <laughs> I wonder if he's still wearing just his tri suit and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, this thing. It's full on. Um, so it just. And you didn't think this was news? Well, no, it's it's crazy. I would have thought that the race authorities um, would, I don't know, be able to figure this out. Oh, the the reason it sounds like it, it was bad is uh, I think because it, it was the, the law under the law it sounds like it was a hit and run. He, you know, he should he have stopped and looked after the person. I mean, the person sounds like they were pretty badly injured. The person he hit, yet it sounds but like it sounds like he, he kind of checked out. She was okay first, right? And the medical people were there. Mm. So from the, rep- the article that I was reading, let me pull that up again. Oh, I think I've lost it. Um, on competitor.com, try think. They got during the bike session of the race, international triathlon, incident occurred, blah, 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 blah. Um, Following the collision, Andrew carried on with his race and then realised that Carly was being tended, uh, when he realised that Carly was being attended to by the event doctor and the ambulance that was ambulance that was present. Hmm. However, so and then it goes on about how he got injuries himself. So she was being looked after. Yeah, it that's, that's just <sighs> sounds crazy story. And, uh, Do you think that hurts this race? Yeah, <laughs> but well, come on, let's be honest. It still pays good payday. Mm. Would you go? Um, well, Blunder said no. You're not going to race again. Oh. <laughs> Something like that potentially could happen. It's uh, it's a pretty serious issue. It's my uh, wow. Mm. That is crazy. Poor guy. Imagine being in jail. I don't want to imagine being in jail. It'd be horrible. John, you, you, you get liberated when you're in jail. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 
So anyway, um, we'll have a link to his blog and you can read, read, read a little bit about that. And I don't know if he's fundraising to pay off the loan, but if he is, check him a few dollars. Mm. Jeepers, creepers. That was our first piece of news in today's show. Okay. Bet Bevan's going to go back and edit everything else we've done. Also, other news, um, Lake Tahoe. People did obviously did not listen to our show last night and take my last week and take my advice because it sold out within a day. And... I'm going to be very interested to see how people cope with that altitude. That's that's what I'm going to say on that one. It's yep, going to be. They surely listen to you, don't they? Okay, next up, Drew Scott. That's all you want to do on that one. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a day. <laughs> okay, it's a day. this one is quite a good story. Okay, I'll, as give well. you, I'll give you two minutes. Day, uh, so Drew Scott won seventy point three at this Buffalo is great. Springs. Yep. Now it's got several twists to it here. Let's start off. Because the first one is he won. Uh, can you pull up the article? I haven't got it. I've got it here right in front. How, of how, did he won by how many seconds? Okay, let me pull up the results. Drew Scott, in a time of four oh one thirteen, beat Michael Lovato. Oh, so it was a good athlete. He beat four oh one fifteen. Two second win. Two second win. But the technical the technical part of this is. The pros start before, so he was racing as an age grouper. Oh, so he wasn't even racing against these guys? Yeah, so he was racing... So it wasn't a sprint-off? No, so he was Ah. an age grouper, so he was racing behind them, so the guy that, uh, Lovato, who thought he probably would have won the race, didn't know that, obviously, this guy was going quicker behind him, so I think that's kind of of cool. So that's one side of it. Um, second side is he's an age grouper, so that's just bloody oh, there's, impressive. There's lots of twists, full, Scott, because there's just all the other twists you put out here. The third twist is he's Dave Scott's son. Wow. And he's and the fourth twist, I think he's only like 22. 22. 22. Impressive. That's four twists, John. See, that's a good story. That is, you delivered on that one. That is, it's an impressive result. I don't remember this stage But does of he season. get the win? Like, they've given him the official win, but if he's racing as an age grouper, do you get the win? Because I know he went fast on the course, but he's racing a different race. Well, well prizes will all just be down as a well, new classification. So he'll win his classification, his division. So his but can you call that a win? Because like, if you look at Michael Lovato, he's, he's 30 seconds ahead of the second guy in his race. So mm. you know, if, if he was racing Drew, he probably would have sprinted a little bit harder to maybe get the win. But Drew may have sprinted a little bit harder well, as well. Well, true. Like, yeah. but, but you know what I mean? Like They are racing a different race. And mm. I know Drew, what he's done is phenomenal, but... Can you really say he won the race if he's not racing in the same race as other people? I think so. You know, I'd I'd, I'd say yes. I disagree. But, but I would say whether Michael Lovato can claim that as a win himself. He won the I won the pro pro race at the uh, yeah. Like I think you can say he had the best performance on the day. Who? Drew Scott. No, he won the race. Oh, see, I, I, I tend to differ a little bit. I think it's unfair well, on he, Michael Lovato because he didn't know that. Well, I, I guess if Drew Scott was getting splits all the way through, right, you're 20 seconds down, but he was probably So what was the difference aware. in between the start with the pros? Oh, it's, it's normally five to... It's normally between three and 15 minutes. Yeah. So if he was I getting... I think they both run their races. Um, I'm going with Drew Scott. We disagree on that one. No, because, Scott. See, because the thing is, if you and I are having a race mm. and, and I'm two seconds in front of you, what do you do? You work your butt off to beat me, don't you? Yeah. Now, if you're winning a race and the guy's 30 seconds behind you, do you push really hard to the end? But if I guess it, I would agree with you if he was getting splits on where first place was because he probably was just running his own race, going as hard as he could. Drew Scott? Yep. Yep. Um, but as a pro, when you've been in the lead of races and you know you've got 30 seconds and there's only a few, you know, half a K to go, mm. do you ease up a little bit? Potentially, yeah, yeah, but I still think Drew Scott's winning. Oh, the I think I'm not taking anything away from Drew Scott, and all the, all the twists are sensational. But I do believe that they both won their own races, and Drew Scott had the best performance of the day. 
Lovato's going to go home with a paycheck, so he, he, yeah, he won't be he'll, he'll, be, he'll be okay. But, uh, phenomenal, because, again, I don't want to take anything away from it. And obviously this guy's got a pretty good pedigree with his old man, but... Um, I think he used to do cross-country skiing or some sort of winter sport at a reasonable level. But obviously he's making the, the change across. Nice work. Well, then what, what about the age factor? I saw this interview. Someone sent through a, an interview of Ken Brown. Mm. Um, did you watch it? Yep, first off the bike. Yeah, it was a really good interview, wasn't it? Yep, I agree with what he says. A lot of athletes are going, going long course, too young. So let's get a wrap up. So Ken Brown was just kind of doing an interview first off the bike. I might even put a link to it on the website because it's a good little interview. And um, it was good because Ken showed some kind of wise insight, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And they were just saying, you know, why is it that, you know, 40 seems to be the new 30 that you guys are still kind of pulling out great performances? Mm. Like, and you look at the latest, the greatest performances over the last kind of 18 months, most of them are the older guys. Mm-hmm. And why is it that that's happening? And, and Cam then went on to say? That basically he, he really thinks a lot of the younger guys coming through aren't spending their time um, building their base and what have you and getting speed at short course racing. You know, if you look at who's at the top at the moment, Crowey, Macca, Cam Brown's obviously you still consider him the top um, Ray Lert, uh, all those guys spent a huge amount of time racing short course stuff and really didn't get into Ironman until their short course careers had sort of run their course Dirk Bockel similar um, and he's just saying the guys that come in you're right in their you know early 20s or whatever and go straight into long course you know they may have some some good results but he he really wonders whether they're going to have the longevity to be able to stay in the sport for long periods of time and you certainly do see that you see guys come in and set set, set some amazing times early on and then sort of peter off a little bit so well, yeah and he also got, the comment was also based around the fact that they don't spend that time developing that speed mm. the itu gives you you know mm. they don't do those years where you get there real fast mm. you know so it'd be interesting to watch a guy like this, Drew, Drew Scott's obviously a pretty sharp young guy, but is he fast enough to do ITU? I don't know, how, it just depends on what his swim's like. But um, mm, Interesting, isn't it? Cause, yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting. Very interesting, John. Good. Well done, Drew Scott. And well uh, done, Dave. The good, good, good production. Highlight of today's and every week's news is John's ITU update. I don't uh, know this weekend, Lance. It's, it's over, it's done. Yeah, yeah. It's done. <laughs> I've never seen him look so It's happy. done. He's out of there. Uh, we had Kitzbühel, um, the World Triathlon Circuit round last weekend, and it's sort of the last big major hit out before the Olympics for a lot of these guys, and it was pretty impressive because Alistair Brownlee made his return to racing first time now, this, this season. Is this a good high-level race? Yes, this is as high so as this it is, gets. So this is, this is a team. Yeah, and he just... Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, crushed dun. everybody he basically did like a Chrissy like performance Alistair yeah oh so Alistair's back he's back he's, he's back, back and he showed and he just killed everybody really because how long has he been off for he's been off for like four or five months yeah and so they got off the bike because he's had Achilles problems yes well yeah. done good eye to you yeah. Yeah. I love eye to you so the start of the bike um, he, he, him and his brother and uh, somebody else tried to get a little three man breakaway going just let's just, just to shove that little dagger say, in a bit harder saying the here, boys? we are the best and uh, they got caught by a bunch came down to a running race and he just killed everybody. Even just, his brother. Yeah, just dominated them. By I think he ended up winning by about 40 seconds, 45 seconds. Oh, really? And over 10K, that is it's absolute smoking. crushing. And you, his brother has been winning the races this year, and he's crushed him. Going Jerry Brownlee? Year, yeah, Johnny Brownlee. Jerry. Jerry Brownlee. <laughs> it's and a New Zealand imagine joke. Imagine him even walking 10K. <laughs> We've got a New Zealand politician who's, to put it softly, is slightly overweight. And uh, yeah, he probably would struggle to do triathlon. But anyway, um, so he crushed everybody. So, so, so now, now this is our last Olympic race, really, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, he would be in most sports at the Olympics. He would be one of the strongest favourites out there. So it's going to be fascinating to see how he, how he performs on the day. But if he gets beaten, 
he's just completely capitulated under pressure. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he goes. But to be fair to the Brownlee boys, they don't really capitulate to this point, do they? Not at this stage. No. Not at this stage. So the Olympic schedule, for those of you that are interested, um, the men, the women's race is first up. It's on Saturday the 4th of August at 9am in the morning UK time. And the men's race, and anybody in Christchurch, we're getting it on the big screen at oh, the movie theatres at the Rialto. Oh, really? Uh, no, the Rialto, um, the one at the Palms, whatever that is, Reading. Reading oh, how Palms. do you do that? We've got, we've got it sus. Oh, so can I gonna, come? Yeah, yeah. You have yes! Fundraiser. fundraiser. Yeah, I'll give you some money. I don't yeah. care. How much do I give you? Uh, we haven't decided yet. It's only be like 10, 15 bucks. I'll give you 50 for the club. I'll do that. So it's perfect timing. It's like it's Saturday night entertainment in New Zealand. It's a Saturday night. So it's like 8 p.m. Hey, we're going to have a party in Christchurch. It's party time. Oh, the party people. So it's 9 a.m. Uh, on Saturday the 4th in the UK. And the men's race is uh, not so sociable. It's on Tuesday, 11.30 Oh, so it's a women's race. It's a women's race, which is good for Kiwis because that's where yeah, we've got a chance. Yeah, um, And the men's race. What about race. the men's? Will we have a party for that as well? Well, we could almost have an IM talk party. Uh, that that's on a Tuesday. Have you got Sky? On Tuesday, it's on a Monday night. Yeah, I've got Sky. Uh, you might have a visitor. There you go. Because <laughs> we don't have Sky, and and I have to. I don't really want. To, what do you pay for Sky? Forty bucks a month, something like that, probably. But it's like eight dollars for the sports channel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because my dad stopped it because he couldn't justify eight bucks a month. My yeah. parents can afford eight bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. You can see where the tightness comes from, but. I have to admit, the Olympics, is, it's hurting me that I'm not going to be able to see all the Olympics. Men's race 9.30 at night, New Zealand time. No, 10.30 at night. That's, that's a midnight finish. We could have a sleepover. We could have a sleepover, John. I am talking sleepover. We could do a late night recording for, for the podcast. What night is that? It's Tuesday night? No, it's a Monday night. Yes, we could. Okay. We could. We could have live commentary. There you go. Have a sleepover pyjama jam. Do you have pyjama, you wear pyjamas to bed? Uh, no, boxes and t-shirt. See, I don't understand wearing clothes to bed. No, just do. Oh, you, you're a naked man, are you? Oh, I, I go. I keep it real, mate. Right I keep it real. I go naked. It's enough. So when we have our jama jam, just be weird. Just don't pull my blankets off. Right. We have no, we have no fights. Because <laughs> the, the poison snake will come to get you. Oh, no swords. <laughs> no uh, swords. Okay. This week's news was brought to you by SLS Try. Um, John's we, wrapping it up now. <laughs> yeah. The uh, for anybody who was at Cord Lane at the weekend, we hopefully you went along there and got your, your SLS gear. And um, anybody who wants to get a FX suit or an FX short plus top on SLS Try at the moment gets one of their cool new free visors. And while you're there, I'd encourage you to check out the compression full leg sleeves. So they're basically your leg warmers for the bike so you can actually wear some compression when you're out on the bike. Um, they look awesome. They've got, you know, rather than just having your stock standard black, straight black um, leg warmers, they've got some little funky bits going on in terms of the design on the knees and the, the shins. So they look cool, give you that compression um, factor. And if you use the code IAMTALK, you get an awesome discount. So check it out at slstry.com. Russell Cox. You know Russell Cox? Yeah, Epic Camp Russell Cox. Jeez, he's grown his hair out. Has he? Look at this. Shave his creep as Russell you Cox. You're, forest, a different, you're, you're a different man. You're a forest man. man and you could, you're just is that Russell Cox? It is. He looks like Eddie Vega from Pearl Jam. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Well, well, I'm working away over here. Bevan's perusing no, his Facebook. I'm, I'm, no, I'm pulling up our Facebook page because it's Discussion of the Week time. Right. So SOS Try, guys. Get onto it. So Discussion of the Week. We let it out last week because what happened last week? We were taking too long. We were taking too long. We are setting some records. Yep. And so we thought we'd leave it a week and we'll go back to it this week. So last week we wondered... Um, should age groupers, and this is quite topical for this week, should age groupers get prize money? Yes. And John, lots of talk around this one. Let's start. What do you think? So 
Well, well, no, do, no, do, no, what yeah. other people do first? Uh, Matt Ellis, I think the pros should um, category should be removed. The fastest guys there win the money. If an age grouper beats Mac or a Crowey in an Ironman, they should get the prize fund. The problem comes when you have different waves in each. Oh, there you go, Bevan. This guy's. Um, I probably, read my mind. When you have different waves, each wave should be classed as a different race. If you're not in the same wave, you're not in the same race as. The course, the ambient conditions, how busy the course is can dramatically change over the course of the wave start. So Drew Scott might have had to ride through, he would have had to ride through some pros. So he was disadvantaged potentially. Or so, he could have drafted off them. Yeah. Um, so there you go, that was Matt Alice. Okay, Pete Sharp's got, if any, just a novelty cash prize, e.g. $1 per year they've been alive. Age groupers shouldn't be racing for money. Uh, Kevin uh, Ken Purves, I say yes. Great name. <laughs> Greg, Ken Purves, that's a <laughs> sensational name, Ken. <laughs> Greg Farrell, who was sec- 21st at Melbourne Ironman, first age grouper overall, can probably beat plenty of the pros and should get some cabbage. And Peter Coulson should get cash for being Peter Coulson. Nice, if I agree with that. Wayne Ross, uh, no to the cash. I am Ken's was the first I am race uh, I had been to, which handed out spot prizes from sponsors, which was a nice touch. Uh, Ken, uh, Carl Pittman, the age group prize money would come from one of three sources the existing pro purse, the organisers profits and entry fee increase um, consensus is there needs to be more money for the pros so that is an op, uh, that is option out I can't see the organisers taking a hit at the profits and I don't want to pay higher entry fees so the, the answer to the question is no. Okay well then you've got Lean Sport and he's got maybe they could award vouchers to the top three age groupers to redeem against future IMM races to encourage further participation and support their brand but not if any of this comes at the expense of the pros price purse I'd rather see pros get more Craig Brighthouse last one I'll do no money but John we've got 57 you're only doing about 5 oh, you, you, we're pushing on today Bevan ok fair enough you wanted to talk for so long about um, about the guy who got locked up in jail yeah well that was the big piece of news yeah. it was uh, Craig Brighthouse no money but should be a decent product pack for each um, age group winner um, when I got second vet in the coast to coast um, got sponsors products such as shoe vouchers clothing thule gear wine ba- big bag of spates beers um, was great because my wife got rewarded with a new pair of shoes and the support team didn't have to buy drinks for a few days money would have just disappeared into the wallet ok then you've got um, Laura whoa, Laura my Kawana um, no need give the race uh, give them a podium pint glass and they'll relieve the glory every time they have a cold one and so I think the consensus if we, if we took everyone it, pretty much said no really didn't most, they most people were saying no um, so Bevan if you rock up to a race as an age grouper um, would you rather get a product prize or a cash prize well you know what John when I first did a cycle racing mm. and you go along to these local community races and you race C grade and you get like you know you win you get 30 bucks mm. and, and I, I kind of like that because mm. it was kind of like like the, the the idea is that it's everyone in the community kind of puts in you know and the race is really about just giving back to the community as a whole and so you know and, and even in C grade you, you know you got a little bit of money for doing well and, and I have to admit there was something that was kind of cool about that and uh, and can they do that in Ironman probably not um, and would I rather that money goes to the pros because I don't know I, I, I thought it was really cool to go to a cycle race mm. and actually at the end, you know a C grader and I think I got third and I got like 30 bucks or 20 bucks maybe even 10 dollars but I, I thought it was quite nice and I would like to see it some way incorporated you know the cheapest creepers I'm going to make a lot of profit off a race mm. even if it is a 50 dollar voucher for somewhere a local store or something like that I think that would be you really don't cool. get when at, at Ironman and age groupers from my recollection I oh, you could probably ask me yeah, yeah. You, get a, you get a medal and so you get 
a token of you get some recognition. Yeah, I got an extra, a trophy. A trophy. Yep. Yeah, and so it's a nice trophy. Um, I remember Gordo um, saying a big goal of his was to get on the top ten in in, in Canada initially because you got a jacket, you got some sort of fun, funky jacket. And oh, that okay. was sort of like your your gold standard. Um, uh, that was more on the the overall side of things. So I don't know. I, I agree with you. There is something cool. The money does just disappear in your wallet and doesn't really mean much. But yeah. it is kind of cool when you go along to a race. And and the reason this topic came up was um, a guy that I coach in Poland. Uh, he finished. I think third in his age group at, at, at what, maybe the Polish champs or something like that and he got 50 euros or something like yeah. that he, he thought that was kind of cool yeah um, and you can even tell everyone you're a pro yeah because that's what I told everyone so I don't think um, in, Fra- in France I, they, they certainly do prize money uh, uh, you know where you finish in a lot of races you get that money wherever you finish so I'm kind of the opinion you know the pro- pros have their race it's a separate race um but you can't really nowadays, you can't really do the whole of an age group that gets in the top 10 as much as I kind of agree that they should get paid. Mm. You know, they start at different times. You're not registered as a pro. There is a process to being a pro right now and mm. you know, and it's for the good of the sport. And so if you're not going to enter as a pro, then that's unfortunate. Mm. The problem we've got is there's so many age groups and you couldn't really do it. Well, you could do it for every age group. But the reason why you, it worked well in cycling is you've got A, B, C, D, E, yeah. right? so you've probably got like five different divisions and it's, and it's relatively straightforward. I, if, if I get my races, like my triathlon in December, out um, up to a good stand in terms of budget, <coughs> and I've only got, I have sort of junior, open, vet, super yep. vet, I would seriously look at it and, and, and doing like, Hundred bucks first, seventy-five second, fifty yeah, third. Yeah, it's just something cool. Yeah, there is something about it that's cool. And the funny thing is, it's ironic that we we like we kind of expect these of our local cycle races and stuff like that. Who really? Let's be honest. It's, it's run on an oily rag, mm. and it's all done on volunteers. And then the big corporation who makes a lot of money, be kind of go, oh no, they more for the pros, you know. And mm. yeah, you know that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, like you know, like I can see why it doesn't happen, but I do think there would be something kind of cool about it, mm. you know. And, and you wouldn't even need much. It's, it's kind of nice getting that envelope. Going, oh, it's some money yeah. in there. I do think if you win your age group at an Ironman race, you should get something on top of just a medal or a trophy. See, I didn't. Yeah. No, I just got a trophy. And that may vary from race to race, so it may happen to other races. But there's also the glory of winning. You yes. Know, you know, there's lots of good stuff. Okay, John, well, this week's discussion is sent through from John Ellis. And he's just got, uh, if a non-WTC brand put on a Challenge Kona... Or, Which, or a Rev Kona yep, yep, or whatever. Yep. The, on the same course... As Kona, Ooh, good mm. question here. How would people feel about that? Would they look at it as opposition to the WTC race? I know it would not have the same history and prestige, but it might give a lot of athletes a chance to race on the course and experience that part of it. Just putting it out there. That's a good question, John Ellis. It is. If you want a massage, check out John Ellis Massa, um, Muscles Inc.co.nz. If you're in Christchurch, yep. you need a good massage, check him out. He'll give you a rub down. So I think it's a, uh, that's a good question. That is a good of question. Of course, you're not going to have the same prestige. Of course, you're not going to be racing at the World Championships. But you get but to race going the course. To get to the course. And that's part of the appeal with the 70.3 that I put out with the, the camp that I'm putting on that has been confirmed for June 1st, the race next year. Epic Camp Kona is going to be the week before that. Lock it um, in. Lock it in, Eddie. And already good interest already. So it's going to be awesome. Um, nice little plug. I like the way you put that plug in there because they had nothing to do with what we're talking about. Well, that does because the, a big p- part of the appeal of that camp is you get to race on half of the the Kona course. Oh, okay. You see, and that's I think that's a really cool thing to be able to do. Um, but to go out there and do basically the Ironman in a race situation yeah. that isn't the World Championships. Yeah. Would you, would you guys do it? 
good stuff. Okay, uh, sponsor Extreme Endurance. Okay, we've got some updates from Extreme Endurance here, people. Here we go, we've be excited. Some updates. Uh, if you're watching the Tour de France, make sure you check out um, their ads. They're coming out, Robbie Ventura and um, Patrick McGlynn discussing the benefits of Extreme Endurance. Uh, it's going to be on, during the ninth stage time trial and, and the 11th stage, the brutal mountain climb. So check that out. Now, for you UK and Ireland listeners, they've recently set up um, a new distribution over there so you can get your product a lot quicker. Um, the UK site is xenduranceuk.com. So it's xenduranceuk.com. Um, you can also get it through the regular Extreme Endurance website and just select your country. The, probably the most important part of news, though, Bevan, is there's some new discount codes. So Ooh. the old discount codes a no dead. longer work. They're dead. They're dead to us. I, I am talk and AD I am talk do not work any longer. So you can get yourself, if you want to try the um, Extreme Omega products in the EU and the US, use the code Omega Talk. And to receive um, the regular monthly, um, if you're going to get the automated delivery, use Amiga Talk AD. So really important that you remember that the I am Talk and um, I am Talk AD um, codes don't work. But if you want to get yourself some Extreme Endurance um, Omega, Extreme Omega, use those codes and uh, you'll be good to go. So check it out. The Extreme Endurance Omega products contain over a thousand milligrams of EPA and DHA omega-3 fatty acids in one daily dose so check it all out guys and use those new codes and get yourself some okay extreme endurance guys get on it get on it get the new codes we should put that on the website because now we're getting a million emails from people going what's the yep. new codes i'll put it on the facebook page and we'll have maybe we should have a sponsors page on the website would, would we have well, that we or do, not? yeah yeah probably need to update it yep yeah there you go job some, for bevan some music <laughs> Age group of the week. Okay, okay, Jombo. Well, we've got our, the one that's on the on the piece of paper, but I've added a couple honorary age groupers. Oh, should we do the the, the original age group? Do you say H or do you say H? H. Where do they say H? It's the UK. They say H, don't they? Uh, no, a lot of places do actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, Australians certainly do. They say H, do they? Yeah, from what I've heard. We say H. We say H. H, mate. H. H. That New Zealand accent. Jeff, the explosion curry. That's a great this one through. It's probably one of our best. Yes. Yeah. The best. I would like to nominate my friend Donald Smith from Bagnor in Northern Ireland as your age grouper of the week. Yes. Donald just completed Ironman Lanzarote in 1551, which is a great achievement by any standard. However, the background to this is that Donald won his place in a Triathletes World magazine competition and got an all-expenses-paid trip and entry. Fantastic, but he's only got five weeks' notice. Wow. This was Donald's first Ironman and he'd been tra training for the London Marathon, which was three weeks ago, and gave him a great base for the run, and he's been working hard at swimming since January at a master's swim class. He even managed to knock out a PB at the sprint try the week before Lanzarote. Um, that just left the bike, which was always going to be the tough in the hills and the heat of Lanzarote. Donald pulled out all the stops on the day and came away with a 128 swim, an 812 bike, and a 548 run for 1551 overall. Not quite the patented John Newsom three-year plan, but pretty good on five weeks' notice. That is pretty phenomenal. Eh? Most people who enter an Ironman, you know, who would win an Ironman entry five weeks out, are going to go, oh, great idea. Not doing it. It's good marketing from race point of view, race organizers' point of view. You know, you put up a big prize and you get lots of PR. The magazines roll with it, and you don't have to. Usually, don't have to come out and, and pay the bacon out there. And uh, but no, and when Donald turns up, John, he's going. I'm doing this thing. I am doing it. And that is pretty it. phenomenal. Five weeks. Well, and on such a tough course, 
Um, and if you came, uh, and I agree with what um, the explosion said here about the bike. You know, the bike's the hardest. The run is obviously the hardest part of Ironman. But if you go into the run coming off your weakest discipline, which is the bike, and you don't have that base there, the run's going to be misery. So the fact that you got through it was uh, was pretty impressive. Okay, John. Now, well done. So, so Donald Smith, Smith you are our age, age group, group of, of the week. week. Now we've got a couple of honorary ones because the reason we've got the honorary ones is because. I think these two people have both been age groupers before, but pretty okay. phenomenal story. So, Luke, um, this is sent from, from Nick and Hamish, and now Nick does my T-shirts, printing for the running club, and I've met Hamish as well, he's a good young man, and uh, they good lovely couple, but they're good yeah. friends of Nick Nuts Nuttall. And uh, Nick's, Nick basically... He has been age grouper. Yeah. I'll, I'll verify that. Yeah. Sent in by Cam Hanson. Nice. Yeah. See, where do you get this memory from? You, ah, you should be selling books. Selective memory. John used some mega memory. You could just do the triathlon angle. Mm. John used some mega triathlon memory book. There you go. And then you can have like you're at a party talking to a chick about triathlon, and you you know and and you know she's not really liking you. You know you talk about something else, but then you pull out your memory from triathlon. Bang! Go. Next thing you're Boom. patching in the corner. There you go. Ah, oh, Luke Nut Nuttles. So basically, Luke was uh, training to do Ironman Australia, and in his build up, he did a race called the Adventure Bay Multi Sport Race in Port Stephens. 1.5k swim, 15k mountain bike, and a 7.5k oh, pedal and a 12k run. Well, don't pedal. Yeah. That's not triathlon. <laughs> That's quad triathlon. Yeah, quad athlon. <laughs> quad athlon. Once the bike leg was fast, uh, people make up uh, from an average swim. Halfway through the mountain bike leg, he had a rise downhill at 35k's, which was caused the mountain bike to fly into the air and Luke attached. He landed on a rough rock surface and his shoulder. And uh, took the full impact of it. Basically, he ended up smashing his collarbone or crashed his collarbone, pulled away from the shoulder. The collarbone was about three centimetres away from the shoulder. Surgery was needed in order to put his collarbone back in place and tie it all back together. Luke pulled up well after surgery, but was told he needed six to eight weeks, you know, to get his shoulder back Mm -hmm. to normal. This was 12 weeks out from Ironman Australia leaving a four to six week build up if he kind of gave it time now. His physio said to him, look, Luke, just stick at it. You can do it, Cam Henson. Good old Cam. Yeah, yeah. That's what you said before. Yeah. You're a legend, John Newsom. John Newsom's try memory book. Yeah. Honestly, you'll make millions. He said to him, look, mate, just stick at it. You'll be all right. So with only six weeks build up, Luke then went on to do Ironman Australia. Now, what is phenomenal, there's lots to kind of say, but what is phenomenal, he beat his previous best time of 10.37 by doing a 9.43. Impressive. That is a good. T- that is a good sensational. Time. So, so Luke, there's a honorary. Doesn't mean you get it again. No, you can only get it once. Okay. The honorary mention. Okay. But then there's another one, John. Just keeps on coming. It's like the Ginzu knives. The constant deliverer. Who's that? Oh, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> You're ruining your book. No. <laughs> Come on. No. Great contributor to the show. Rhymes with Mary Heaven. John, <laughs> your book sales are going down. Um, Gary Fegan. Oh, Gary, oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, he's been a bit slow on it of late. Well, yeah, no, pick up your game, Gary. You, you were supposed to do something every week for a year, wasn't it? I, no, he did. He did that. Okay. Yeah, and there's been nothing years. since. Yeah, he got sick of it. He's like, this joke sucks. I'm hey, and it. actually, Jeff the Explosion Curry, you're no longer in my good books. Oh, we're picking up. John, he was going to buy your memory book put, and then you let him down. I just re- realised my spell check picked up a, a fairly blatant. Typo here, and you Did didn't put an E at the end of the Newsom. No, he put an N. Is it Newsom? Far out. <laughs> <laughs> right, I carry on with. 
Gary doesn't contribute any more vegan. The constant deliverer, that was his nickname too. Okay, yeah. That's why you can't remember it because no, he doesn't well, I gave him a couple of nicknames. That's why I couldn't remember it. Well, I, yeah, I remember both of them were pretty crap. Yeah. And, and that's, that's right. why. Yeah. He, he said, well, bugger this show. I give them my money and they just abuse me. Carry on. He was doing Iron Man something. Yeah. He's that, that great race. Yeah. Wants to go sub 10, John. Mm. Comes, looks around the corner 300 metres to go. Getting, getting the sub 10. Faints. Goodness me. Faints. Faints. Yeah. Gave it everything he wants. On his, on his Facebook page, he had passed out with 300 metres to go. Pushed as hard as I could. Obviously too hard. Totally gutted. So close to the sub 10. And then later on in the post, you know, lots of people say, wow, great work. He's got ambulance men wouldn't let me crawl to the finish. I did big. <laughs> so so that is pretty legendary. It's that nice work. And Gary, and Gary Fegan, you have to say a big thank you to... James the wise one Botel because he actually emailed that through to me saying did you hear about Fegan oh. and there's more news John goodness this is sensational I've got to be places this morning Bevan <laughs> yeah we're, we're still got now yeah who was I talking about James the wise one yeah he's having identical twins oh nice yeah. wow yeah good luck nice when they're about 20 good, good luck with the next 20 years yeah good luck with that mate good luck <laughs> so anyway so 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 first, the nut, Nuttles and Gary Fegan honorary age groupers of the week this week nice. 300 metres to go fainting imagine that because you see the clock about then don't you mm. you know you go yes I'm going to make that sub mm. sponsor Athlinks.com um, coming up this weekend is, well, we, we talked a little bit about it but um, probably not as quite as much as I'd like we've got Ironman Austria coming up this weekend um, and we didn't talk much about the profile because Bevan, Bevan wanted to, to move on. Well, it was getting a bit boring. Um, oh. But oh, no, you go. Yep. Yep. Um, but if you go into Athlinks and you basically put whatever upcoming events you're doing, you can lay down a bit of smack talk and you might get yourself mentioned on the show. So going to, going like to Iron Man. Like a good listener of the show. Yes. Stuart Age of Danger Age Milne. Danger. He's going over to Austria, targeting an 11.30. If you want to go to a fast race, Austria is a place to go. Jana Beard um, is going over from the States, doesn't have a target time. They put your times up there and also put in a little comment as well. James McLaughlin going for a 9.59. He's going for that sub-10. James when you've got 300 to go, just take a little pause. We don't want another fainting incident. No. Daniel Cloak. Uh, I wonder if there's any photos. Because about then your family's taking photos of you, isn't there? Mm. I think he's just trying to emulate what Brownlee did um, last year. and Was it last year or the year before in London when he more or less passed out in the finishing shoot? But also Daniel Cloak is going over. Matt Warnock. Um, he's going over from Dubai. So you just make sure we be careful where you're riding when you're back That's home, right, Matt. Yeah. Um, and Paul Hellings is also going over from, from the UK. So good luck to you guys racing this weekend. That's one of the things Athlinks does. If you want to be able to do it yourself, you basically go on there, type in um, under the events, you click on the little events button up the top, type in the event. If it's up there, you can add it to your calendar and then you can put a bit of Smackdown talk or a time down there. And then you can also, if the event's not up there, you just create the event, boom, um, put your name up there and then straight after the event, you can put your unofficial time up and then when it sort of, the results kick through the official results, then Athlinks will get them up there and you'll have your official result. But it's one way... You just help, help what I love John was Stuart Milne even emailed us and make sure you do mm. the ad on this this week because I want my name mentioned on the show here you go Stuart Age of Danger yes. don't mess with him okay next up we're going to interview with Gordo yes with me and Gordo yes and brought to you by trainingpeaks.com and endurancecorner.com and here comes the interview with Bevan and Gordo and without me I haven't done my piece on the interview well, you're what, what do I have to, to talk what do I have to ask him about well it's basically the, the crux of the, 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 the talk is Gordo's going to talk about two um, 
key swim workouts, key open water workouts oh. that he likes to use as well. Um, and then I threw in a couple of other questions in there as well about sort of open water swimming that Gordo can answer. And we had a couple of questions from the listeners as well. Great. Well, yep, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to do an amazing job. I bet you are. I bet you'll go home and listen to it as soon as you get home from your thing today. What are you doing I'm today? Going to a leadership course. Really? Two days. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be, Who's doing I'm going to be lead, leading this, this, this gig around you here. You are. You're, we're doing more news, Bevan. Okay, John. Yes, uh, sir. T.O. Don't know his second name. Theo, T.O. T.H.C.O. Is it leadership for triathlon or is it just leadership? Sport. Sport. Oh. But with business, he's coming from a business environment. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. Well, he's got to. Um, okay, team. So we're, we're pretty fortunate to have the, the legendary... You're pretty legendary nowadays because I was on the Ironman website the other day and your book's like the number one promoted thing on the Ironman website and you're making it. So we've got the legendary mind of the sport, Gordo. How you going, mate? Thanks, baby. Yeah, doing well. I was just talking, we're on Skype and we've got the video camera happening and, and I've got all my winter gear on and Gordo's doing doing a bit of a naked run for me right now. Tell me about the temperature over there. It's it's 102 in the shade here in Boulder. It's We got this hot patch and it is very toasty. Okay, mate. Well, we got you on the show today, just today, to talk about the idea of open water and swimming. And you know, you you like myself, you come from a background of not really being a triathlete, don't, not coming in as a swim kid, and uh, improving, you know, through hard work and a lot of experience and looking at how to get better to become a pretty awesome open water swimmer. And so, for a lot of our listeners out there, that would be a place where they're at. So we kind of thought we'd get you on the show to talk about some of the key workouts that you did to improve, or the key things you did to improve in your open water and swimming. Yeah, absolutely. And I think an important thing for people to remember is that even if you start late, you can get good. You can you can get very proficient. You you might be not be sitting on Andy Potts's feet, but you can definitely become a decent swimmer if you put the work in. So I suppose you know let's, let's go back to the start. You know when you first started racing, you know you obviously decided you wanted to do triathlon, and, and it sounds like you were pretty passionate pretty early on. What was it like for you to be the weaker swimmer early on? Well, uh, one of the issues I had, and I think it's an issue a lot of people, actually most people have in the water, and it's I was completely clueless on pacing. So what I thought was easy at the start of a race was actually pretty close to max effort because I was so excited because I didn't have any experience of being in that situation with all the people around me. So as a result... um, Swims were just awful at the beginning. So I would, uh, you know, I'd, I'd blow up, I'd get swum over. Um, the contact would really freak me out. And it, it, was, it wasn't enjoyable at all. The, the good news was I was so far down. Like the first triathlon I ever did, I was second to last out oh, of really? the water. Wow. And the, and the last guy was over 70. <laughs> all right. So just to put it into context, I was like, I was horrible. Um, and I, so I really started from scratch. And, uh, so there's, I, I had problems mentally, physically pacing. I mean, I, I had everything to work on when I started. And so, so then what was it like for you mentally and physically at that time? Because, you know, obviously you needed, you knew you needed to progress, but if you're the second guy out of the water, you, you are, you know, obviously not a good swimmer. How, what was your approach to, you know, how did you look at mm. getting better? Okay, well, first off, I was really fortunate that I had a, a great swim coach for where I was at. Okay. And I would go to swimming three times a week every single week of the year. 
for two years uh, when I was in Hong Kong. And sometimes after my first year, I would go up to four times. But I was really consistent. And I think that's a key thing. I think a lot of people, particularly weak swimmers, will have long gaps in their year where they're not swimming. And as a result, they don't make any progress with the skill element of swimming. And as well, they don't train their swimming muscles. So I, can, I was running at the time. And while I didn't need to get fit generally, my swimming muscles were unskilled, uncoordinated, untrained, and unfit. So everything used for swimming wasn't, uh, you know, so I had to attach basically my arms to this fit chest and fit legs. Yeah. And the first thing my coach told me, and he got me focused on for, the, for pretty much that whole first year, was just don't kick. Coming from a running background, it was just natural that I had, if anybody's ever seen me do kicking sets, I'm horrible. So you can imagine with no balance, no conditioning, the harder I kicked, the slower I went, and I would just jack my heart rate up. So the first thing he would have me do is he told me to swim no kicking. And, and I asked him, I said, well, what do you mean, like no kicking? He goes, yeah, don't kick at all. The reason being I was kicking so hard by trying to do a no kick, I took myself down to a very small light kick, which okay. is ultimately where I ended up with. Um, and, and that was it. You know, he just, we didn't use any gear. It was all uh, freestyle swimming. We didn't try and do any stroke, a tiny bit of stroke, maybe, you know, a little bit of backstroke. But my, it wasn't until my third year of swimming where I, where I decided to learn all four strokes. Uh, so it's just a, a very gradual progression in that first year, super consistent, uh, and just building, building it up, uh, slowly. One of the things you'll find when you start swimming is you really, I only had two gears. It was basically go or stop. I didn't have any range yep. because I, I didn't have the fitness to choose different speeds. I was either swimming or on the wall. And so I, I was one of these guys that had a very narrow range of the speeds that I could go, uh, just because I was in, inefficient. For, for newer swimmers, you know, like you, you talk about consistency is key, and it's probably more easier to keep up, you know, as long as they're good around timetabling and stuff like that. But I, I think you probably find a lot of people out there when it comes to the skill work around swimming, you know, they don't really do any skill work at all, and especially for a newer swimmer, or they might just get one or two lessons and not really keep up that, that work with a coach. So if you are a new swimmer, where would you start to find skill work to get done? Well, the, um, you know, I read uh, back then it was, uh, you know, VHS videos and books and stuff. It wasn't all um, DVDs and that. But I, I got all the total immersion stuff yep. just, just to understand what I was shooting for in terms of skilled and trying to give myself some relaxation in the water. I think a lot of people, um, particularly folks that, you know, come from a running background or they're used to being able to work really hard mm. to improve – Mm -hmm. they they're working really hard in the water and water is a lousy environment to try and work hard as opposed to working smart. So I think a key thing and something I focused on when kind of that 12 to 18 month period, uh, from starting swimming was just building relaxation. And what I worked on, I wanted to get to the point where I could swim my race distance, which was about 4,000 meters, uh, long course, 50 meter pool, with three-stroke breathing without stopping. Okay. So at any effort, swim my race distance. And I think that's a really good benchmark uh, regardless of what distance you're racing. Can you swim your race distance relaxed with three-stroke breathing 
in a 50 meter pool or open water and get out of the water and feel like you haven't done anything. So feel relaxed. Most people, the answer to that question is no. Most age groupers can't do that. And I've actually had some pros tell me that they can't swim easy. And these guys are always underperforming on, on the swim in races. And just being able to build that relaxation up is the fastest way to improve your swim economy. And once you're very economical and relaxed in the water, from that point, you can start working harder and doing some faster work. But the key thing for somebody that's just starting out is be able to get through the swim and not be shot. Um, and one of the workouts that we'll get to uh, a little bit later, is, it demonstrates that to people um, very clearly. You don't know, swimming is very much a body awareness type movement, especially for someone who doesn't come from a swimming background. So as you talk about being you know, relaxed and you know, being able to go through the movement and complete it without burning too much energy, what, what kind of some feeling cues you can use that as a swimmer while you're doing it to make sure that you can have that awareness because like for myself I came from a no swimming background and so I didn't know the feel and I didn't know what relax actually meant and are there some key indicators that we could say in our mind that are going to help us just to keep in that place as we're swimming yeah you're breathing focus on your breathing are you able to take a full relaxed breath Great. each cycle if you're unable to do that and you find yourself panting then you need to back off and if you're already, if you can't back off, you think you're already swimming as slow as you can, then you need to insert more rest and shorten the interval. So if you can't stay relaxed for 400 meters, then try and stay relaxed for 25 and then 50 and then 100 and just build that relaxation. Uh, and, and the breath is a key one. And that's why I like the three-stroke breathing because if you're not relaxed, particularly if you're not relaxed breathing on your offside, then you're really only going to get a half breath every six strokes if you're used to panting. Yeah. And it's going to force, you're going to absolutely be forced to adjust and learn how to breathe. Uh, there's, no, there's no way around it. Uh, and it only takes a couple of weeks if you stick to it. A lot of people just give up um, because they say, oh, it's too hard. Or they find a coach that tells them they don't need to do that. Or they find a coach that says you don't need to swim. <laughs> and you, you, you might not need those things to, you know, if, if all you want to do is finish. But if you want to compete and you want to improve and you want to run well, you have to get to the point where the swim is a non-event for you. And, it, and then if you want to win your age group, you, you got to get up there so you're not, you know, you can't afford to give five to eight minutes to the best people in this sport anymore. And no matter how good you are on the bike and the run, uh, people are just too strong. And you got to get yourself up there. Mm. Okay, so so you know, as you then kind of talked about some workouts, what are you kind of thinking around? What kind of workouts would be some good workouts for the people who need to do this? Well, a key, and I'm, I'm going to stay Ironman focused uh, yep. because I'm on I am talk here. So exactly, the, hey. the, the key thing I tell people is, um, I should be able to wake you up any day of the week in the middle of the night, take you down to the pool, and you can knock out four thousand meters for me, no problem. 2.4 miles, middle of the night, get it done, no matter what. So that's the, that's the key thing you need to get yourself to. You need to have the stamina and the mental skills that you can just knock out 2.4 miles anytime. No problem. That's, that's number one. Everything starts from that. Once you have that, then you need to be looking at the components of an open water swim and addressing them. And the key component that a lot of people 
don't have, particularly uh, age group swimmers, would be the ability to change speed in the water because it's not a pool swim. You don't get to lock in. You know, you're, you're, you're not sitting beside a lane getting to lock in your exact speed and just hold that for your race duration. It's a lot more like a bike race. Yeah. There's surges. There's people attacking. You know, people are going to take your line, take your feet. There's crowds. You're changing speed all the time. So to cope with that, you need to have key sets and key workouts where you're changing speed on short rest at a high work rate. And that's what's missing from most triathlon swim programs. It's not missing from the programs here in Boulder because it's, it's really geared towards triathletes. But if you're swimming with master swimmers, that's probably what's going to be missing from your program if you're out there in the rest of the world. And that's something that at Endurance Corner we really bring to the athletes. And in our library, under the swim section, you'll see the swim workout uh, article. And if you just look for the uh, swims that are called PC for pace change, you get all kinds of examples there. But, it, but a key example would be something like eight 400s, and all of them are on relatively short rest. And the first four, you go easy, steady, moderately hard, and fast. And then on the last four, you would try and go a little quicker than all of the first four, and you would do it on five seconds less rest. Um, and examples of that. Another one I really like, and I've seen people get out of the pool rather than do it, is long time trials where you're changing speed inside the time trial. So a 1500, a 2K, a 3K time trial where you're going to change speed inside the time trial. There's some examples of that as well uh, in terms of those pacing strategies. And it really simulates what happens uh, in a race, which is all of a sudden, you know, everything's going great for maybe about 800 or 1,000. And then either some guy in front of you blows up and you got to bridge around him to stay on the group or somebody like me, if I'm, you know, if we're in the same wave, I'm just going to sit and wait yep. because I know everybody's going too hard for the first 500 or 600. I'll wait till the first turn boy. And then I'm going to hit the gas as hard as I can for 400 meters to try and gap it out and get away. And then we're all going to go the same speed. But if I get away or if I'm on somebody's feet that's doing that, there's a break. And then because you don't have the draft, that's where you're going to lose all your time. Mm-hmm. So those, those are key fitness ones. Now, the start. I was having the for, – for years, I had absolutely awful starts. And the sensation would be, you know, I'm head, you know, gun goes off, I'm feeling good, I'm heading out, easy, easy, easy. And then all of a sudden, it's like this wave of lactate would come over the back of my head and I would just be totally load up, lo- loaded up and just blown for minutes and try and clear that lactate. And I was unable to clear the lactate. So what I do with that is I like to do an open water session with the athlete. And I like to have a looped course. So the course is a known, you don't need to know the exact distance, but it needs to be the same distance for each loop. Yep. Um, And I like to do a continuous swim of five loops with the athlete. And ideally, I want them to have an old school heart rate monitor on so we can, so it'll pick up. You know, those garments don't always pick up in the water, the new ones. Um, So if you, if you got somebody that has an old one, it's, it's great to borrow it. And what you do is you swim one lap easy, one lap steady, one lap moderately hard. 
The fourth lap, go as fast as you can go. And then the fifth lap, go steady again. And what you want to look at is the amount of time you pick up each lap by going increasingly more intense. Um, and what most people will find is the difference between going easy and drilling it yeah. is, about, is about two seconds 100. <laughs> really? Now, to put that into context for an Ironman swim, that's a minute and 40 seconds, say. Okay? So less than two minutes. And that's the difference between all out and being relaxed. Now, clearly for an event like an Ironman, if you can go all out starting at the half marathon for an hour, you're going to pull 10 minutes out of all the people around you. What you get in the swim is less than two minutes. Not to mention most people, by the time they get to the run, they're so wrecked, they can't even put a, a decent cardiac load on themselves. So the, the effort that they put in in the swim was totally wasted. I mean, mm -hmm. because they blew out somewhere on the run. So when you look at it in the context of a very long triathlon, learning that easy pace is race pace for almost everybody is fundamental. Now, I've just said it. We can all nod our heads. People, you will not believe it until you actually do the workout yourself. People are amazed at what the difference is. And normally, the first time you do the workout, you're increasing your effort and you're going slower every single lap the whole way through the workout. And then people are like, ah. And what that does, that helps reteach the mind what easy pace is. Because when you're in a crowd, you're in open water, there's not much feedback yep. and it's easy to get too excited. So that's, that's a really useful one for people to build into their programs, particularly the Northern Hemisphere athletes right now because they can get into that open water. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. What, what regards to people who don't train much in the open water? You know, like how do you, you know, obviously it's got to be an important part of your training program, doesn't it? Uh, you know, if you can get there, great. If you can't, you can't. Um, but I think then you need to be looking for open water swim opportunities. Yeah. Um, you know, events, aquathons, those types of things. Uh, and, you know, build them into your program. Uh, they're out there. I mean, the swimmers, you know, now open water swimming is part of the Olympics. It's getting easier you know, to find a 5K swim. Uh, and don't worry, you know, if all the real swimmers say you can't do it with a wetsuit, I always use a wetsuit because you're going to be racing in a wetsuit. And that's another thing too. If you find, a lot of people find that their full suit makes them really tired because they're not used to having to recover their arm with the neoprene over the shoulder. So two things with that, you need to, you need to swim with your wetsuit on whenever you get the chance, particularly long course. I think is great for that to get ready. Uh, if you can't get out in the lake, you know, jump in the long course pool. The other thing is make sure that your suit's pulled up your torso and everything's pulled into the armpits and your arms are pulled up so that you've got the maximum slack in those shoulders. And then finally, if you're a, if you're a really tiny swimmer or a weaker swimmer, and this often applies to women that are great runners, you might find that a sleeveless wetsuit makes you quicker. However, for almost everybody else, a full suit will be far quicker because it doesn't let any water come into your armpit. So it'll be a, uh, the, wet, the full suit's much quicker. You kind of lead into uh, Mark Delaney's question here. He's got a question. Uh, should people be thinking about changing their swimming stroke in a wetsuit? Well, I don't. I, 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 again, I think the way, the way swimming is taught, particularly to triathletes, has completely changed over the last 10 years. Uh, it's a swing recovery. Yep. It's pretty much a straight arm recovery. So you don't get tied up um, with 
swimmers around you. So you, you literally just throw that arm over the top. And what I tell people is swing it over. And they're like, well, where should I, where should I enter? I said, just let it drop and enter wide because a lot of people cross over. So it's a wider entry, swing recovery, and the entry goes straight down and you push water straight back with your forearm pointing at the bottom of the lake or the bottom of the pool. And that's a big one too because you don't want your hand coming under your body. And the easiest thing is just have your forearm pointing straight down in the power phase and you'll be amazed at how much more water that you're going to be able to hold. And I like to keep it really simple. Uh, it, it's, it's, most people are overthinking their swimming. If you just get in there, do some decent workouts and you're consistent, you're going you're gonna to improve um, and you don't need to be getting super sophisticated with, uh, you know, pitch angle and all these different things. <laughs> okay, we've got another question here from Rob Cubbett and he's just saying he's going to be doing a 10KC swim in September and he's expecting to take around three and a half hours. They've got one nutrition station at the halfway point in the race. He's just wondering if you have any practical advice for additional nutrition along the way. He'll be using a sweatsuit and thought about putting some gels under a swim cap, but he's not sure about fluid intake as it'll be surrounded by salt water. Yeah, so uh, gels on the swim cap, not going to work. Uh, what, I, uh, what I would recommend, and I've done some similar things, you know, basically you got to get used to swimming with a gut full of calories. Okay. Uh, and it's not, if it's a sea swim and it's probably, if, if it's a wetsuit swim, it's probably cold, so you're not going to need a lot of hydration. Um, but you're going to need some calories. So one of the things is, you know, if you're doing your key swims, and I imagine he's probably building his long swim up, maybe as much as three hours. He would be if I was coaching him, getting him ready for something like Ultraman. Um, and it, but in Ultraman, you've got a kayaker. He doesn't have that. So get used to chopping down a liter of uh, sports drink straight up and jumping in the water and, you know, swimming, uh, doing your workout for an hour and a half. And then whatever he's planning on taking at that uh, aid station halfway through, uh, chop that down get back in, swim some more. So you have to make it very specific to the way that you're planning on racing uh, would be my advice. And that's just going to be, you're going to need to tolerate. And it's, it's a lot easier on the swim than it is running to train that ability because you're, you're prone and the wetsuit's supporting you. Um, but you, you do need to, if it's a situation where he's going to be planning on swimming with a group or it's a faster start, you're going to have to simulate that because some folks will find that their digestion shut down uh, if they're not used to it. Nice. You kind of answered this question as well. Okay, so Simon Murray's got, I've done a session in the last few weeks before a race where I do a quick boy roughly 100 metres away and practice a deep water swim start and go nut bar for 100 metres and then relax to a maintainable pace for 300 metres and then repeat. It helped that I was in a lake of around 800 metres loop marked out. Is it really good to overcome that shit of gone too hard feeling? Just your thoughts on that. Yeah, and that's and that's uh, that's a that's a great one. Um, one of the things that swimmers have over a, as triathletes is their definition of fast and pain and discomfort are completely different yep. than we think. I mean, I've only seen my wife like a true race pace once. And that put her on the couch for the rest of the afternoon. Really? I mean, it was incredible. Yeah, we were at a master's thing, and I don't know what happened. Somehow she got pissed off at some guy, and she put <laughs> 25 meters into the guy in 50. Like she just wow. she found him and just punched him out the back. So that, that ability to really wind it up, as well as the ability to endure 
when you're on somebody's feet and it's a really tough pace change, those need to be trained because it's just a mental thing. Yep. <laughs> the limits are mental. And because you're in the water and you're worried you're not going to breathe, you can start to panic and you'll come up with excuses to back off. But it, the key thing I tell myself when I'm really uncomfortable is the pace is going to back off. The pace is going to back off. And if, you're, and if you haven't gone crazy with your start, it normally does. And if it doesn't, well, you're going to blow up. It's no big deal. Um, you know, you can recover from that. But the, the workouts, like his workout, where you're going to go really fast and then back off, I think that's great. I would say 100 isn't long enough. Yeah. The, the stronger athletes, they don't just go fast for 100. I mean, if, if, you, if you watch how an open water swim shakes down, um, even with just moderate swimmers, they hit the gas for at least 400. And then they back off for a little bit. And if you're swimming with elite swimmers, I mean, they might hit the gas for 1,500. And Monica swam a 46 in Talpo one year. And she said Rosie and those guys didn't back off the whole way. They just went full tilt the whole way because everybody was trying to drop Cam Brown. Yeah. <laughs> so the ability, I would say, go longer. So and, and again, those long time trial workouts that you'll find on the Endurance Corner website, great for that. The other thing you need to be able to do is at any given time in a continuous swim, hit the gas for 200, then recover. Because I think with age group swimming, the surges once you're into the race only tend to last for about 200 and then they back off, uh, generally speaking. Because you got to remember, whoever is leading is pushing the water. So if you're in the draft, it's a lot harder for them to wind it up. Yeah. Yep. Okay, but Lee Spooner, this is a pretty big question, but how do you learn to draft well? You got to practice. Yeah. Get, get some buddies. One of, the, one of the things we'll do uh, in Boulder is we'll do drafting practice, just like a baseline on the bike, <coughs> three or four swimmers, and you agree that basically, I don't know, we're going to go 20 strokes, and then we're going to peel off, or if there's a series of boys, each person leads a boy, and you just get used to, you know, rolling. Uh, off and rolling through uh, and get that sensation and whoever's at the front gets to choose the pace they go and nobody goes around I think I think you got a race I mean you look at the Kiwis and the Aussies they're like doing open water swim races just for kicks from the time I mean they're 10 12 years old uh, and they just have so much experience in the water and uh, you can set that up with your buddies the other thing if you have access to a 50 meter pool what we used to do in Christchurch you pull a couple of the lane lines over and you give yourself three or four lanes you float some boys under the uh, flags and you, you set up like a hot dog crit circuit and you uh, do some TTs where you're having to go around the boys as opposed to pushing off the walls. And that, it's a lot of fun. You put all the slow swimmers up front <coughs> at the start so they get the sensation of being swum over by the faster swimmers, but then they also get a chance to jump on the back of the feet for 50 or 100, see how long they last. Longer TTs, you'll have quicker swimmers lapping. You can jump onto their feet and practice. All that kind of stuff, really good to learn how to draft. I have to agree. Like I know for myself, I always swam better in an Ironman than what I was in the pool. And, and I think a lot of that came down to the fact that in Epic Camps, we just did so much open water swimming and I, I learned to draft well. And you know, it's the one thing that a lot of people don't do and they get to race day and they're just not, they don't, just don't know how to play the game that well, do they? Yeah, that could be it. I also think you, you, um, you got a lot more zen uh, you know, in your life. Uh, so you're able to accept a situation for what it is and not build in an emotional overlay. Uh, you know, it's a swim. I'm getting hit. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's, this is what it is. It's, I, I it's not like I'm going to die. 
Uh, you know, am I ever going to breathe again? Which are all the thoughts that used to go through my head when I started. I had all this emotional stuff that I was just putting on top of it. And it wasn't until I conditioned myself that, no, I'm going to be okay. You know, this isn't the end of the world. It's not a lot of fun, but it's going to settle down eventually. Yeah, great. Okay, Rod, uh, Rod McCritchie's just got another year of swimming, swimming twice a week, and he's not really getting any faster. He's just wondering what he needs to do to get faster, basically, which is kind of <laughs> how long is a piece of string. But The key thing is, you know, if I, if I turned up to a run coach and said, hey, I want to do two 45-minute 45 45-minute runs a week, and I want you to improve my 10K time, what's, what's that run coach going to tell me? Well, we're gonna, why don't you try running four times uh, a week instead of twice a week? Yeah. And I, that's what I would tell people. Twice a week is not enough to improve. You know, for me, at, at my level, to get into shape, I need to be 18 to 25,000 meters a week, every single week, uh, if I want to be knocking out a 52-minute Ironman swim. And that's what it takes. And that's back when I was swimming 57. That's what it took for me to do 57. And I needed some weeks where I would get up 25 to 30K uh, to overload myself uh, to try and improve. I mean, I was swimming, once I got to 57 minutes for my Ironman, it was a million meters for every minute I improved. Wow. About 100,000 a month. Uh, And it was years and years of work. And for a lot of people, once you get down to about 63 minutes, you might be better off just riding more or running more. Yeah. Uh, but as well, separate from the speed you're going in a swim, you need to look at what the energy cost is. If you're a low-volume Ironman swimmer, the energy cost of the swim at any pace is much greater than a high-volume swimmer. So even if you're not improving, know that you're going to be reducing the fatigue you get from the swim. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, mate. Well, I think that's all the questions. So just what's happening in your world, mate? What's happening with the uh, Endurance Corner? What's happening over there? Well, we just finished up our Boulder Camp. Oh, nice. A lot of fun. And next thing we have is, you know, we'll do our Tucson Camp next spring again, uh, late late February, early March. The dates for that will be up on the site starting in September. Uh, and it, it's a good one. Uh, it's, it's, it's geared towards people that want to ride a lot, but we still swim and run. But yeah. very much focus that time of year how long do your camps go generally we like to and uh you know we found that six days is the optimal uh duration because we can have four big days yep and then two other days where people can either back off or if they want to do some supplemental training on their own and then what happens with six days is you can send them home and they get back into their regular program pretty quick it's not like not like epic camp where you go home and you know, some people shot for weeks. <laughs> I fit in the camp. Yep. And what else do you want to plug? You have anything else to plug on your site? No, no, that's good. Just, uh, you know, we, we've got our first book coming out, so look for that. Oh, wow. Great. Together, the most popular articles from our site, and then we rewrote them and we split them into sections. So we've got an ebook that'll be coming out, uh, you know, in the next couple months. Uh, the best time to launch is obviously just before Kona. That's when triathlon seems to have this big peak, yep. uh, a bit of a crescendo. So we're, we're kind of gearing up for that. Uh, and that's, those are probably the, the main things that we have going on. What about yourself? You know, you're, you're just about to have your third child and, you, and you're saying before we started this interview, you got, you'll have three under four, which is just, just madness if you ask me. But, you know, what about yourself athletically, you know? Like it's… Um, athletically, yeah. yeah. Right so big thing. So I'm, I'm coaching a Cat 1 guy for Leadville, yep. and uh, one of the guys 
that uh, I coach that does focuses on Kona every other year. He's doing Leadville as well. So I figured, uh, Leadville mountain bike, I figured, all right, well, if I'm going to coach it, I got to figure out how to do it. So I've been learning how to mountain bike this year. Oh, wow. And a lot of really big high altitude rides and getting out on the Leadville course and just trying to figure that race out. And some elements are tougher than an Ironman, but, uh, you know, Ironman is pretty darn tough. Uh, that marathon at the end, uh, really has a lot of moments of despair. Uh, if you're doing it well, like you get really tired and you have to yeah. kind of, endure. uh, I'm, I'm suspecting there'll be a little bit of that, <clears throat> but the mountain biking is more about application of effort on the climbs, uh, in Leadville and just being technically ready. Uh, I, I descend. You ever hear the expression "runs like a cyclist"? <laughs> no, but okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Back <laughs> and you got your hands out like you're holding the handlebars, kind of. Yeah. There's a lot of like a cyclist. Well, I descend like a triathlete. Okay. Learning, learning how to try and upskill there. What, what do you find that like? You know, because as much as I'm in, you know, there's that fatigue factor. You don't, you know, it's not the biggest skill-based sport. You know, you have to, you have to remind yourself of process and technique in the last part of the race. But it's, it's not where you're making decisions where you're going to fall off your bike and hurt yourself in big ways. Whereas in mountain biking, if you hit fatigue, but you're also having to make skillful decisions. How are you finding that? Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not willing to take the chances yep. uh, to learn how to descend at high speed. So I, I give away a lot of time, but I'm okay with that. Uh, but you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, uh, it's very skill-based in terms of where you put your wheels, as well as the application of power. Normally when you're on a bike, when you're on the road, it's about generating the power. When you're on a mountain bike and it's steep dirt at altitude, it's much more about managing your effort and getting the power through to the trail without your wheel slipping. So very skill-oriented. <clears throat> but it's fun. You know, you can get out and do these huge rides and recover pretty quickly. I mean, you can do a nine hour training day. You bounce back in three to four days. Oh, really? Whereas, yeah, you do, you do a nine hour Ironman. You're not bouncing back that fast. And I'm getting to see all these new roads. So it's, uh, it's fun. You know, it's something new. When you did ultra running, were you a good descender on the running? Very good. And that's, uh, uh, that's an interesting thing too. So the, um, Instead of thinking about my foot placement, I find you have to get, you can't see where your rear wheel is, but you need to get a visual, you need to get a picture of the trail and the sense, you need a sense of where your rear wheel is when you're climbing and descending and whether it's time to apply the power or not. And uh. that, that is a real subtlety. You see it instinctively um, with guys that have been mountain biking for a long time. It's just, they're always the wheel is always in the best spot uh, and always saving energy, like uphill, downhill, flat. As if it's, even if it's not that technical, I rode, I rode with a guy who's been riding for over 20 years and it was just amazing. It was just like everything he was doing was saving energy. Yeah. And so much, you know, I know how to do that in an Ironman, but on a mountain bike, I'm, I'm just, I'm wasting energy everywhere. <laughs> I, I, so there's a lot of upside. Because, you know, it's like when I started swimming, same thing, wasting energy all over the place. Yeah, great. Hey, well, thanks for your time, mate. It's been great having you on the show. Uh, guys, if you want to check out all the great work they do at Endurance Corner, just go to endurancecorner.com. They've got hundreds and hundreds of amazing articles, and it's, and it's actually good, deep-thinking stuff. You know, it's actually stuff that's really about making intelligent content, and I'm really into that kind of thinking. So keep up the good work. Thanks, mate. Hey, mate, we'll catch up next time. What do you think of the interview? 
Oh, sensational. Yeah, thanks, mate. I worked really hard at it. Yeah. yeah. Now you know your stuff. Well, you know, you know, it's just, you know, years of work. And I read this great memory book, Try It Memory Book by John Newsom. There you go. Help me remember everything I'd ever learned in the sport. That's right. Uh, and if you want to be able to remember what you do with all your oh, swim workouts. See, swim you're workouts. a legend, mate. You see that? <laughs> Jeez, um, on trainingpeaks.com which brought you this interview along with endurancecorner.com uh, you can basically track all your swimming and one thing when you're doing a lot of your tracking especially if you don't have a power meter there are quite a bit of variables in terms of running and biking through through hills and everything but Training Peaks will take that into account if you've got a, a GPS um, watch but with swimming there are less variables and it's a really good tool to be able to track all your swimming in terms of the meterage you're doing and if you want to you know you can so with swimming it's really you, you want to progress things along on a, on a volume basis it's just an easy way to firstly plan your workouts and quickly work out your, your volume and then secondly to be able to track what you're doing and there's obviously te- swimming's a technical um, sport but um, you do have to put it if you want to take that next step you do have to put in quite a bit of hard work you know so, if, if, so someone like Bevan, my, my, my question is John is it worth people trying to take their next step? Uh, yeah, that's that's what I was coming to. Like someone like you, you got to sort of um, fifty three, and that that's sort of a, that. you know. So Gordo, who we talked to, he got to that level um, in a similar time frame that, that you did. And once you get to fifty three, but he needed to get to fifty one, fifty to fifty one, and to do that, he needed to do a lot of swimming. Um, yeah. to it's crazy to the amount of hours you have to do just to lose a couple of minutes. Yes. So so and and that's a great way where you can safely do it and not get too carried away. Is using training peaks to firstly plan your workouts and also track what you're doing in terms of the the volume and the meterage you're doing. And uh, and basically just it's, it helps to keep you motivated as well. You go right this week I'm going to swim 15k. Next week I'm going to swim 17. Weekend I'm going to swim 21. And what you can also do. Um, what the coaches use Training Peaks for in a big way is to set up your library system where you've got all your key workouts and so then you can sort of drag and drop them into um, different athletes you coach. But for, for the athletes as well, if you're a self-coached athlete, then you can put in your, you know, you've got libraries as well. You can put in your favourite workouts, um, your favourite swim sessions and what have you, keep them stored in there and then you can um, drag and drop them in and, and make sure you get a nice balanced program on a week-to-week basis. And, you know, if you do a workout that you really love, then just make sure you put it into your library and um, when you go away to different places, you know, you maybe look, go on a camp and you learn about some other workouts, pretty easy to forget about them, chuck them into your library and then you can drag and drop them in there. So... Check it out on trainingpeaks.com. A lot of those analytical tools, you need to go for the uh, the paid version. And when you do that, use the code IMTALK and you get a 15% discount on your subscription. And um, if you're doing any, going on to Training Peaks for the first time, make sure you do it going via imtalk.me so then they can sort of see how many thousands of people we're putting onto their site. I was thinking of a discussion of the week we can do. i got a good one coming up. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you tell us? Um, yes, I will. Uh, oh, trainingpeaks.com trainingpeaks.com check it all out so yesterday I, I watched um, the tiny that had uh, Tim O'Donnell coming across the finish yep. line second place and, and clearly yeah it, was, it wasn't I mean he, he was proud he said he was proud of himself the way that he managed to hang in there but he didn't have his greatest day yep. so my discussion next week's going to be and Rennie was there at the finish line to congratulate him when he came uh, yep. grab him when he comes across the line what do you say to your partner or or somebody that's really close to you when they cross the line? They've, they've clearly had a pretty shitty day. Do you, uh, do you go, oh, well done, you did great, knowing that, no, you did pretty average. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I'm, I'm saying you had a great race because he, he stuck out, pulled moments. through, yep. needed So show good character. Yeah, but what do you say when you know the person's had a bit of a stinker and... Uh, I imagine when Belinda knows to leave you alone. Yes, that would be a good <laughs> good tactic with me. Because I'm probably the most annoying person to have around you after a bad race, isn't it, aren't I? I can't remember. 
Uh, well, because I just talked to you. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> don't that. So, but that's going to be next week's discussion topic. Well, what about the one I was coming up with? <laughs> yeah, far away. What, what do you got? Fashion. You know, like you look back in the eighties and you laugh at what they wore. Yes. I saw some those Oakleys that Scott Molina was wearing mm. were massive. Mm. They literally look like a face guard. Right. And which I loved because it's kind of of the time. What will we look back now and laugh at? You know, because we seem quite cool right now, and it's you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's all very cool. But it's amazing if you even see footage from ten years ago. It seems to look a little bit old. Mm. So, what will we look back and laugh at in the future? But it's, it's you write that one. You write that one down. Questions and answers. Okay. Well, so did you hear about this guy that oh, got Abu put in jail in <laughs> Abu Dhabi? Crazy. That was on my my questions and answers section. Well, Tim Perkins sent through one that John loved. Tell us about it, Jonbo. So a couple of weeks ago, he said the the triple T was on. Um, he he basically did it. There's no cell phone service in the park, at least not for my phone. Um, but it's basically the Triple T. You've heard me talk about it before. They have, on Friday evening, they have a super sprint. Starts at 5 p.m. You do a 2:50 swim, six um, a six mile bike straight up and down a hill, and then a uh, a one mile run. It's a teaser, for the, and the run takes you to start of Lamp Black Trail and back to the finish line. Saturday morning, Olympic race um, is a standard distance and features Thompson's Hill on the bike and has a 21% grade to start. Oh, it's got to hurt. 21%? Um, yeah. Saturday afternoon, you have an Olympic race that um, starts off on the bike on straight out and back, um, and two persons teams are allowed to draft for that one, but solo competitors are not. After that, you transition into your wetsuit for the swim. So you go bike, swim, um, and then swim. And this is uh, unique for most people trying to do it as quickly as possible. And then uh, Sunday's half iron is a tough, as tough a half iron as you'll get, um, especially after doing two Olympics. You will not PR. You'll just be <laughs> you happy. will not PR. <laughs> you'll just be happy to finish knowing that you don't have to do that run course again. Overall, it's an amazing experience. The vast majority of people, at least that I talked to, were all multiple Ironman finishers. Basically, the race gets a bunch of crazy nutters together for a full weekend of triathlon in the middle of nowhere, and it's at the most grassroots level. I did it as a solo competitor and would love to go back and do it as part of a team. It is one of it's a, it would be one race that does motivate me to go and do. You, you, you really, if we go back to nostalgia, you missed the days we triathlon hit more diversity, don't you? Totally. And um, and when you see interviews with the likes of, um, I saw something with Greg Bennett the other day talking. We need to, to get him on Legends at some stage, don't we? Yeah, he's still racing. Yeah. 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 Or was it Scott Tinley that was talking about him? Well, I think we it was Scott Tinley. Yeah, Scott Tinley was talking about um, talking to Greg Bennett and saying that the diversity of races these days is a, is a lot less. So, yeah, I do. Mixing it up is a lot of fun. That's why I enjoy putting on like my double super sprint. You know, things. Are you like gonna do that. that again this year? Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Tri- was good. I'd do a triple if I had the right course set up. But yeah, um, why, why can't you do it on the course you got? I'd end up being a bit long. I need it to be sort of no longer than what it is. You know, it's about fifty minutes long. If I added another one, it'd end up being an hour twenty, and it's just too long. Too long. Mm. Uh, why? No, because it's an interesting race. Mm. I don't know how whether a third handicap would have to be hard. Yeah, the, the, I don't know if whether the third race would the third element to it would change the result very much at this level. If it was an international ITU standard um, with lots of different elites there, then that might I'd probably look at it differently. But I think the person who wins a double would probably win the triple anyway. But if it, if you had a 
a, a, a stacked field. field might be slightly different. It was it was great last year because you got the handicaps right. Like yeah, it was, it was, it was it, Yeah, it was brilliant. It was an awesome day. Okay, well, so I uh, met Peaceful Try Ninja a few weeks ago. I started giving tips of the week, and I have, I've got one for this week. Mm-hmm. Millie, I think I'm gonna be pulling out my butt last minute, but that's okay. And he's got the tip on sunscreen. I thought I'd share some sunscreen are not doing you much good due to the chemicals. Some sunscreens are not doing you much good due to the chemicals they have in them. We wear sunscreen a lot here. He's in Singapore. So I care if I'm putting the right on all the time. The skinny is the mechanical blocks, generally zinc um, oxide-based, are much better for you than the chemical ones. Some are now clear in colours so you don't look like a ghost. So he's basically given us a website, um, ewg.org, and he's got a feature on it, so I'll put these links on Talk. But he's got some articles that are really good around what sunscreens we should actually be using. And that's really important because... I, you know, a lot of people, myself included, are not fully up to speed no, on that. No. And you can just, you know, it's not, if you just go and buy a sunscreen, apparently, that's, that ain't going to cut the mustard. No. You've got to so. get the heavy duty stuff. And, and often we get sucked in by different forms of marketing, saying this is the best thing since sliced bread. But let's read the research and see what the research has to say. Jonas just sent through a quick email saying I participated in the 70.3 uh, some weeks ago and with a wave start 45k bike loop. The pros were starting first and then all the women and the age group is around every 10 to 20 minutes. I was starting in the 25 to 29 age group, young fella. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, just starting behind the girls. I didn't like it. A lot of traffic, especially the second time round. You had to overtake a lot of girls and people from the older age groups and were passing by people in, in their first loops. Roads in Switzerland are wide, but the more than three people on the side is the limit. So a lot of athletes did not ride on the right side of the road. Just two people could stay side by side. So he thinks it's actually better not to have wave starts. I can, I can see his point, but... Got, well, I, I, I put a, I put a calendar there, John, because I still haven't booked my flight to Kona. Right. And I thought I need to, I need to figure out from you when it is. Yeah. Um, see his point. Yeah, wave starts. It is tricky. You know, you got to try to structure your wave starts so you have you have the faster age groups going first. You know, if he was a twenty-five to twenty-nine, they're generally. But then the, the thing is, you're going to hit the slower people in the second loop. That's true. Yeah. It's a hard one, but in the second, yeah, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Anyway, just D- put it's it out. a perfect yeah. solution. Come and do my race. Bevan's tip of the week, John. Yes. I'm making it up right now. Mm-hmm. Bevan's tip of the week is I don't have one. Have a calendar which reminds you of things. Yes. John, you're brilliant. Well, I, I'm liking the Google calendars at the moment. I noticed this because I'll be getting emails from John. <laughs> yes or no to this calendar thing. I'm liking it. Should I push yes? Yeah, then it goes into, well, but if you use calendars, then I get my pop-ups on my computer. My pop-up, I don't use Google calendars. It, it syncs straight onto my um, my phone. and uh, John, and so you're going to the Mac I'm world. I still use Google. No. Well, you need an iPhone. John's, John John resisted Macs for so long. Seriously, how long have we been doing the show? Six years? Yep. From day one, I said, mate, you should get a Mac. He goes, oh, no, no, because fundamentally he's a tight ass and it does cost more <laughs> for a Mac. And and I was like, come on, mate, get a Mac, get a Mac. So he go, last week he comes on and goes, oh, I'm thinking about getting a Mac. Comes back this week. Oh, I've got I've got one. I bought one. Get an iPad and a laptop. Yeah, he's he's, he's converted. You got to you got to go full bang. Well, the thing with the Mac is they do all that cloud stuff anyway. Yes. Yeah. So, but you do you kind of need an iPhone now. It's the last last chink in your armor. I I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think I need an iPhone. I don't need the capabilities when I'm out there for an iPhone. John, well, my I have iPhone to admit, requirements John, are pretty simple. There's a bit of a kink in my Apple armor. 
Yeah. Because the Samsung Galaxy X3 is, it looks like an amazing phone. <laughs> uh, Seriously. Like, right. it makes the iPhone look like an average right now. And the iPhone's not coming out till September. And I'm saving my money so I can buy my new one when it comes yeah. out because I've had this one for two years. So I'm getting ready for the new one to come out. But it better be a step up because Samsung. Get a, can I get an encoder? Oh, probably not because I'll get a contract. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe get a non contract one. Mm. What do you pay a month for your phone? 30 bucks. I pay 60. See, that's that's the crutch for me. You see, I'm not prepared to... I don't need the capabilities of an iPhone. If you want to use an iPhone properly, then you've got to be using all the data and all that sort of stuff. You don't actually use that much data. Mm. You know, I probably use this like, a gig a month. I don't want to spend more time online. <laughs> and that's the thing. If I use a phone... Fair enough, well. John. Fair enough. I feel your pain. What's your gossip, mate? Oh, uh, basic and sponsor. Coffees of Hawaii. So if you don't know where Coffees of Hawaii comes from, it comes from the tiny island of Molokai. In the Hawaii, we have a history lesson. Yeah, Hawaiian acapello nice. um, come extraordinary premium coffee beans. Our 500-acre plantation and mill in the village of Kualapua nice. uh, is the only source of 100% Molokai coffee. Really? Wow. It says on the website. Oh, it can't be wrong. So a couple of things here on the website at the moment. They've got the quick coffee guide online. So it basically just explains. This is a good thing because we got coffees. an email from someone this week saying what coffees you guys like, mm-hmm. and which is all good. But you know, it's kind of like asking what music you like. Mm-hmm. You know, John, what music do you like? I tell you what. Oh, no, that's uh, go, go. To say. No, go. You know your normal playlist. Well, I've got all sorts of issues with my my iPod, and, and the playlist keeps bloody disappearing. And I can't get the music off the CD you gave me. So I had my own playlist for the weekend off music we've got. Oh, because you had a race, didn't you? Yep, it was pumping. What'd you have? It was pumping. Bit of Led Zeppelin. It's all Belinda's music. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, on Coffees of Hawaii, they've got the quick coffee guide online. Um, it's on the homepage, very obvious, and that basically runs through their coffees, what sort of flavours they are, what sort of tastes, textures, etc. So then you can try to and match And also up gives you, you options, like. so you can look at original coffee, you can look at Ivan-style coffees, you can look at flavoured island-style coffees, or even the, the teas that they offer as well. So There you go. Coffeesofhawaii.com. And let's just say... The, 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 we've got some building atmosphere starting to happen with the Blue 70 um, Aquathon Hawaii ch- Championship. Oh, wait a second. Oh, tell me about it. A few people are saying, yep, I'm coming. Oh, people I'm coming. They want to try to take on my, my, my trophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna get it. I am going to get my trophy because I still haven't got it engraved. Yeah, and I think what you're allowed to do, if you win the trophy, mm-hmm. you, you know, let's say an inch squared or something like that, mm-hmm. and you can put whatever you want on. Okay. Okay, so obviously I am the current champion. Yep. Does it still hurt? It's not going to hurt as much as when I open a can of whoop ass on no, you this year. You said last year, you were quietly confident. <laughs> he just thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to dominate you. Took it easy on the run, looked up the road, and then way off in the distance, he saw a speck of lightning flying down the road. We're going to have official transition this year. There's going to be some assistance. You know, I'm not going to lose you in the crowd this time. Not, hey, you knew I was good at transition. <laughs> you yeah. knew that's my strong point. Uh, so coffee's a while. Who else uh, a few people have said they're keen. I haven't got names in front of me, Bevan, but a few people have said they're keen. But you'll be able to have a bit of a coffee kick before you start on the boat. Yeah, we'll be too. I take any advantage You're I can away. get nowadays. So coffeesofwai.com. Bevan, what's happening in your world? Right, quick sponsors. Athlinks.com. Um, tell us about your race. Coffees of Hawaii. Join the race. And extreme endurance. New codes. New codes. Yes. What are the codes? Omega <laughs> Talk and Omega Talk AD, I think it was. I wasn't listening to you when you were talking about that. Why is it Omega? Because it's Omega is the the product you'd be buying. So there's no pro, no discount code now on just your regular extreme endurance. Oh. It's on the Omega. Okay, all good. Um, what's your gosh, John? 
I just asked you what your goss was. Oh, um, I'm going to Australia. Yes. You're sounding healthier than when we started today. I am actually. I'm not so sniffly, am I? Yeah. Because you make my life that better, there mate. You, you brighten me up. Yeah. You bright up my life. Um, going to Australia. Joey hasn't been to the movie world, John. Nor have I. You've never been to the movie world? No. John! Really? I've only been to Gold Coast once, and that was for a triathlon. I was in and out within about two days, so I've been to Brisbane once, twice. Yeah, maybe. Gold Coast is New Zealand's stock standard holiday. Let's be honest. No. How many... Oh, come oh, no, no, I'm not disagreeing with you, but... That is true, but isn't it? It is true. It's New Zealand's stock standard holiday. Mm. Weekend in the Gold Coast, take the kids to movie world, bit yeah. of dream world. Well, where's your water pistol? That damn cat's coming on. Get off the chair, cat. Get off. We've given up on the chairs. Look at them. Oh, <laughs> They're <right>. destroyed. <laughs> but we've got new couches and she's leaving those alone. So we'll go, we'll give her the chairs. Yeah. So, yep, going to Gold Coast. Joe's never been on many of the rides. Well, she's never been to movie world. You should go to, you should go to, I was watching a documentary on the way home from Kona, I think it was. Yep. Go to Ferrari World, wherever it was. It was yeah, in, no, I've heard of that. No, I'm not going there actually. It's in Abu Dhabi. I just thought of that. Yeah, you get arrested. You get arrested. Um, and they've got this, uh, Ferrari where they've got the Ferrari roller coaster and it's they set a world record for the fastest speed on roller coaster. It looked pretty full on. Really? Well, have you yeah. been to many theme parks? Uh, one or two, yeah. yeah. Do you like theme parks? Mountain, mountain, Magic Mountain. Oh, in there? Yeah. Six Flags. Magic Mountain. Yeah. 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 No, not too many. Do you like it? Yeah, it's good. But I'm not going to I'm not going to um, book a holiday around a theme park at this stage in life. Maybe when the kids get a bit older, maybe. Oh, you have to. I guarantee. You know what? Five years from now, we've been doing the show. Is that a Bevan James Isles guarantee? It is. And my guarantees always come true. Money back? Money back guarantee. I guarantee within the next... How old are your kids? Five and three. In the next seven years, you would have done a Gold Coast trip. Mm. Guarantee it. We'll you, you laugh at me now. <laughs> you laugh at me. You, they, they laugh now. But the truth will come. Bevan, this is going to be a long show. You've still got to do an interview. Yeah, and Gordo can talk, let's be honest. Yes. Gordo can talk and I can talk and I'll probably ask a few random questions. Oh, John. Mm. Photo of the week. Brian Lefeur, look at that. Oh, yeah, saw that one through. He's, I'm he's, not going to mess with him. I know that. I said that to him. Brian Lefeur, he's up in California, like the highest point in California, went for a bike ride, and he's got this awesome photo with amazing background and stuff, and he's doing Des and Troy. And his Des and Troy's are Des and Troy's you don't want to mess with, do you? I don't want to mess with them. He's got some guns on him. And he's got his IM Talk jersey on, so it's going to be on, on the website this week. Mm. Whatever, what's your goss? Um, did a running race at the weekend. Oh, f- f- wait a second, one of my coaches was in your team. Yeah. Paul? Yeah, Paul Crossley. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. How'd he go? Um, he, he, he runs well, but but I tagged him off. We, we, were, we were sort of going back and forth with a, a Sumner running club, and I had a guy start in front of me. It was a relay, so a five-man relay. So five, how far were you running? Five, five K cross country. Just oh, that's a long front. run, 25K. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, like I just did five. I just did my five. Um, <laughs> left. The guy in front of me, he probably left, I don't know, maybe 20 seconds in front of me, mowed him down. Nice. Put, put about 20 seconds into him, tagged him onto um, your guy, Paul. Yep. And He's a little bit older. He's 50 now, or nearly 50. Yeah. And uh, he got gassed by a guy who was, who was quicker. He, he beat the guy that he was up against, passed him and put a big dent into him. Oh, no. And then Axel was our last man coming through. I don't know if we actually got in front of him. I don't think we did. Axel just crushed everybody. Did he? He got third fastest time overall. And, like, cross-country running is a different scene. Like, he and I are about the same ability running. He's probably he's fitter than me at the moment, so he is a bit faster than me. But he crushed me by, like... What did you do? What did you do for I, I did 18.45, and this is... A a, tough, yeah. It's, it's 18... Um, and he did like 17, he was like nearly a minute quicker than me. Wow, just because he's got great cross-country technique. Yeah, any, yeah. Or maybe he was getting old. 
Well, my time when I st- stacked it up, I was fifth fastest Masters man in Christchurch. Masters time. man. Yeah. Uh, so my time was. I'm still. I'm still. I'm still age. I'm still elite. What, what's, what's? No, you're not. How old are you? Thirty-four. Oh. You're about. You're about to. You're about to age up. It's Thirty-five. John, I've got another ten weeks. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Then you yeah. age up. I'm still not happy about it. Um, and then we had my the first round of JD duathlon on Sunday. How'd they go? Sensational day. You didn't it was, time it very well. Because the mud run was on the same yeah, day. Yeah, no, we still had we had record entries. Oh, okay. Well, we were up um, do I do? quite significantly. Up to 161 entries, which is a few years ago. You know, we wouldn't even get anywhere near 100 people for a duathlon. Oh, good. So nice growth, but yes, it did, did clash with another event. So wait till we get to the second race. We're going to have thousands of people there. Seriously, 10,000. So that was all good, and it was a beautiful day. It was got a little bit chilly in the afternoon, but it was a beautiful day, and all went well except for timing. I'm the first person. I'm, I'm, I'm usually the first person to criticise when people don't get their results up. John, you, you, you're pretty good at criticising mm, timing. My results aren't up yet. What's all that about? That was we Sunday. Had, yeah, we had some issues um, just with our electronic time. We got all the results, but I've got to manually go through them, and I didn't get home till late on Sunday. Well, Yesterday, it was all, yeah, but then my timing person's working on Monday, um, and it was just a palaver. Do you know what I'm hearing, John? It's coming up. You're hearing excuses, excuses, and it's not acceptable, and I'm not happy about it, but they'll be up. Next, next time night. you criticise some website, I'm going to say, well, I want you know, this race called the JD Triathlon. It took two days to get their results out. Two days. So it's going to happen today? Guarantee it, because you're doing a leadership course today. It's happening tonight. A real leader would get the results out quickly. Yeah, I've got some leadership issues. Uh, that's about it. We've got Legends of Triathlon podcast coming out next week. Scott Tinley. Next week, Scott Tinley. And I've got a good person lined up for the next month. So we've, we've done a Who lot of... Who is it? Um, well, somebody Scott Tinley mentions in his interview, in his um, podcast, and it's not Greg Bennett in his interview, not his podcast. Um, is it an and official it's, it's somebody, yeah, we, we don't know really anything about um, but he was helped sort of how are we going to do our peas on that one then well with some difficulty um, <laughs> I've, I've got some peas from uh, Melina already and I've got some peas from the guy himself so we'll, we'll, we'll forge it from there but that's part of what I want to do is, we is should actually identify say the people Legends of Triathlon bought by Scott Melina because mm. he's seriously he does a lot of work for us he on does. the show yeah so <laughs> it's all good Melina. anything else no are you racing this weekend no what's your next big race Oh, I don't know what the, what's going to happen on my racing front. Because you were talking about doing Conan big time next year. Yeah, I got a little bit of time my, my, on my side for that, so that may may, that may be the next thing. I was going to try to train up for the 10K, Canterbury 10K champs, and I'll probably do them whether, I, whether I'm in any when sort of shape. August. Well, you, if you were trained well, what would you do? Mm, I'd like to think I'd go 33-30. It's pretty good. Yeah, if I was in good shape. So, that's it. Oh, yeah. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.